<laughs> you caught me. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Welcome to um, episode 52 of Your Aunties Could Never. I'm Auntie Aki with a lopsided bun knot. Hello, my ladies. How are you? And who are you? Hi. I'm Auntie Farah. I'm not sure why we're introing like this, but hi. Hi. I'm Auntie Mano. And I'm Auntie Sharega. <laughs> Off air, we were just saying Auntie Sade looks like she's 16. And then I had a flashback memory because I had that hairstyle. That what hairstyle. Do, do you not remember, Akwe? You did it for me. And I was going to say, did I do it? I know, did everybody you did. I, went to, I remember going to, like, I think it was Champagne Bash or somewhere, and I had that hairstyle. There's pictures of me with that <laughs> hairstyle. I've got, like, tight feet. Yes! For that picture. Yes, oh, I, was like, I know I've got our fellow auntie homies, um, Sharina and Layla. Shout out Sharina and Layla. They've got a picture where I did their hair in the top knots and the bits at the front. It, yeah, I was everybody's was you like 16 years old, like how Auntie Sade yes. looked. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally, it was 15 years old. Auntie Sade, you're now the, the child of the baby. You're the niece. No, she's properly going for young thing. Oh, here she goes. Here she goes. Oh, here she goes. See, in a minute, you're going to be in that same bracket, all right? <laughs> so, Auntie Baby, yeah? Hold on, wait, 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 hold on. You used to wear them shoes too, didn't you? Yeah, no, I definitely, I had the Spice books. I had the... Oh, the, yeah, the, the there we go. Yep, 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 yep. Bring on the inner Baby Spice. Yeah, man. <laughs> Okay, okay, let's get cracking, let's get cracking. Okay, so Auntie Farah, who are you welcoming to the family today? I would like to welcome to the family um, Miss Charlene White, who is uh, on the host, the host of Loose Women. And I would like to welcome her to the family because she has just displayed, I mean, she's amazing anyway. Her, her catalogue, her CV is incredible, but I would like to welcome her to the family for always remaining herself. Her, how she displayed the, the patience, the eloquence, and the, I'm gonna get to the point and I'm not gonna have no nonsense on the show really resonated with me. And I know that sometimes some people, when they are in certain places, can lose themselves. And I just like to say that she's amazing. She is really representing for us black women. And yeah, long mate rain, love her. Welcome to the family. Mm. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, she's an auntie, isn't she? She's an auntie, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. she's a sister. Oh. <laughs> I think she's a sister. But she would take on that auntie title because she's, yeah, she's a fellow really auntie. Our age. Yeah, she's a fellow auntie. She's a yes. fellow auntie, definitely. Yes. Okay, so guys, I don't even have to pretend, and you look after, you know what we're going to be talking about today, but we're going to take our time, we're going to build up, we're going to get there when we get there. But you know what we're going to be talking about today. But okay, first of all, I'm going to ask myself, what have I heard? What have you heard, Auntie AK? Oh, are we not going to talk about Mr. Umar? Just quickly, recap. Go on then. <laughs> I thought we were... <laughs> I don't want to my hair, sorry. I don't want to touch my hair, go on. No, I thought I, just, I thought we were like gonna gonna recap on you know 
the reach is joy it seemed to bring people what i'm saying that's all it is it's like lots of people really responded to our dr uma takedown um you know what a few people tagged him and i actually whoever tagged him i blocked him because i don't want him, i just don't want to talk to him so i blocked him. oh no I was, tagging him. I was like it would be wicked if he came back on the oh. I was like, relishing the tags like yes 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 yeah yes, yes. oh yeah don't tag don't block him yeah I man you should have blocked him I don't, no, I don't like I want, I want him to see it. And, I want and to tell him to come on it. the show and defend yeah. himself. Yeah. I can't hear you. One at a time, one at a time. What do you say? Oh, I was <laughs> just saying, to, all of us were like, um, <laughs> tell him to come on the show and defend himself. Yeah. You know? We'd bury him again. That would, that would be a wicked show. I'll maybe DM him and say, hey, sir, how about joining us? He will say, at the end of the day, you're not speaking, so I can't, whatever. No, um, and the blinking, and the blinking as well. And the blinking. And, and the, again, again. I actually want to know if Daniel's seen it, because everyone's like, whoa. Anyway, Auntie AK, what have you heard? Well, guess what I heard? Basically, <laughs> <laughs> the Sun, ran, in a random, random, random act, the Sun newspaper has announced that it's no longer going to use the term BAME, and which is um, black and ethnic minority ethnic i can't stand the phrase uh, and for those of you in the states and abroad um their one is bipoc is it black indigenous people of color no. so it's just a way for western countries to group us all together when they want to talk about us as a homogenous lump of racial non-whiteness and it's annoying it's crap and um the sun though of all the platforms of all the tabloids of all the papers and it's the sun that said in their headline, BAME is an outdated phrase that refers to ethnic groups who do not identify as white British. Whilst it was once a widely used term, the Sun does not use the acronym in its articles due to its offensive nature of grouping ethnicities together. And I mean, I'm so surprised that of all the people, it's the Sun. And they said, according to the government, BAME people include Arabic people, asylum seekers and refugees, Asian or Asian British people, Black, African, African Caribbean or Black British people, Chinese people, Irish people, white other, people of mixed heritage, travellers and gypsies, people who identify as white other, e.g. white Australian and white European. Now, I didn't know that because BAME might always apply to Black people and Brown people and Asian people. Um, yeah, so I didn't know white Australians and white Europeans were included. And I wonder if they think they're included too, because I'm sure they don't think that either. So on the back of that as well, it's, and it's been a long time we've been trying to talk about this woman, uh, Amanda Parker released a statement earlier last year. Um, it was like a campaign where she got, like, you know, about 250 people to campaign and say, to reset the terms of the reference for people with lived experience of racism. So that, and her hashtag was BAME over. So her thing was we do not want to be grouped into a meaningless collective term or reduced acronyms we are african diaspora people we are southeast and southeast asian diaspora people we are middle east and north african people we are ethnically diverse who are people who experience racism don't call us bame so um she's got some rules but i can come back to that because i'm chatting a lot i just wanted to check with you guys are you surprised that the sun newspaper are calling are up to have announced this are you suspicious? Because I am. I don't know what that means. I'm just so suspicious. And also, how would you like to be addressed when they're talking about us in the news or in general conversations and topics? How would you address a bunch of non-white people? Auntie Farah. <laughs> um, I've been laughing because, like you said, the son of all people, the mm -hmm. son whose mm -hmm. headlines are disgusting every day, every mm -hmm. day. Maybe because they want to refer to us as Megan. 
maybe that's what it is. Yeah. You know, she seems to be covering everything that they do. So, so maybe that's what they're gonna do. Um, yeah. I mean, I I haven't ever liked Bane because I, I I definitely didn't know that it included Australian white people because, like you said, I doubt. I highly, highly doubt that they identified themselves as Bane. You know, mm. when when all these things are going on about what happens to people of minority, they're not there standing saying we're people of minority. They come here and they get white privilege. That's what happens to them. They're not, you know. So, I mean, I, I welcome the word being dead because it's offensive because you shouldn't be just lumping us all together. We all have different experiences. So if you're going to say white, why can't you just say black? I'm a black woman, call me a black woman. An Asian person wants to be called an Asian person. So no one wants to be called BAME. So yeah, um, I'm for it. I'm just very suspicious that it's the sun and I'm waiting to see what they bring out instead because they're going to do something because it's the sun. That's what they do. Auntie Nana. Uh, I'm like, I'm not surprised that it's the sun because I think sometimes like you'll find the sun does like two opposing views and they they kind of straddle both sides from time to time and they kind of catch you unawares like you know um they'll do like a campaign to catch somebody for being racist like it's just they do things out of the wits so I'm not surprised but uh what would I like to be called uh, I don't mind African or black that that's that's it I think these are very simple things just African or black um you could call say black British but don't lump in, um, don't lump me in with Asian people or Chinese people or Australians because our our experiences are very different. Those are my thoughts. Auntie Shade. Yeah, um, I get the suspicion. Um, I think that. What do I think? I think. Yeah, it's, it, it just doesn't, it, it doesn't seem like it sits with their natural politics, right? Do you know what I mean? So I just, yeah, so I do get the, the suspicion of it all. It might have been a slow news day <laughs> or something, do you know what I mean? And they'll thought they'll be a bit controversial or see if they can stoke up um, some clickbait for their audience, do you know what I mean? Um, or something like that. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I think Black British, British Nigerian, anything around I can't I can't I can't really separate my British experience from my blackness or my Nigerianness. so yeah that's it really so when they're saying um a British like they say a British Nigerian lady called out Dr Umar blah 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 so that's how we should be described British Caribbean British Car um, Grenadian British all that type of they just take the extra time to identify the people properly and if they're talking about us all as non-whites and maybe they, because it's like they're scared to say, well, a non-white community. Because they, they'll just be honest, innit? If you don't want to address... Yeah. I, don't, I don't find non-white offensive. Like, I don't no, find it offensive. Like, yeah. I'm not white. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's exactly. I kind of prefer I'm that. Not, I would yeah. actually not have to deal in facts. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Instead of this, like, illusion. But I, did, I think I did actually know about... Um, uh, non-black people being in vain um, because of I, I swear there's like I don't 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 super super quote me but I swear like Australians make up the largest number of undocumented immigrant um, illegal Im immigrants in the yeah US. I can believe that there was like a high number of them and they get slipped under the radar because mm -hmm. they're not 
brown or black, basically. Do you know what imagine, I mean? And imagine yeah. that. Yeah, and mm -hmm. white South Africans. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because so they get a visa really easily and then they extend their, well, they just overstay, basically. They just park yeah. it illegally. <laughs> really. yeah, absolutely. A better term for it. They are, they're able to get here very easily and then they and stay. And work permits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what? I, I never... Go on, go on. I was going to say, I, I, I mean, I know it's black ethnic and um, minority, black, Asian and minority ethnic, so I knew that. I just didn't know Australians were lumped in that. And what's hilarious to me is that they're minorities right they're lumped in with us minorities but their man their handling of the indigenous people in their country is just still disgusting but they can get the benefits of being i'm saying benefits but you know what i mean by that because there's no real benefit but they can get in inverted commas the benefits of um being put into bane when they're australian and there's issues there i mean we could sit here all day and talk about the indigenous people of Australia and how they're treated to this day and how, you know, only a few decades ago, they were flora and fern or whatever it is, flora and fern. Um, You know what? And I don't like the word ethnic. I think it just sounds, and I don't know if it's because it's just, it's just sounds so horrible. It's not a very sexy word anyway. But also I think the way it's used as to downgrade us as well. I don't like the word ethnic. So it's like minority ethnic. It's so much loaded onto something that's not white. It's annoying. Um, I just wanted to read um, Amanda Parker's BAME over rules for engagement. So she's giving some advice to the people who don't know what to do after this new thing that the sun's calling for. So number one, she says, language is evolving, deal with it. The terms we've agreed today may change in the future. Times change, come with us. Number two, if you don't know and need to know, ask. We are now more comfortable with pe asking people, what is your preferred pronoun? We can do the same with, how do you describe your ethnicity? Number three, collective terminology is necessary. Acronyms are not. Nobody wants to be reduced to an acronym, especially an acronym that is inaccurate. Number four, we reject BAME. The term unhelpfully blends ethnicity, geography, nationality, and in doing so, erases our identity and reduces us to an other. Number five, we reject minority. We are the global majority. I don't know how, for the people at the back, we, are the global majority and we reject ethnics. I didn't even know she'd said that. This terminology is centered on you seeing us as different. So middle finger to all of that. Um, number six, call us by our name. Be specific, under the t understand the terms you use. Number seven, we are people first, not a color, not mm -hmm. a continent. Never say blacks, just as you wouldn't say whites <laughs> unless you are talking about washing. And number eight, people of color in a US in a us term or a US term, as is black, indigenous, and people of color, that's BIPOC. In the UK, for many people over 35, this has an uncomfortable resonance with the racist terminology, coloreds, the color of one's skin is not what we have in common. It is our lived experience of racism directed against us. So again, she just goes out to explain how we should, people of South Asian heritage, people of East Asian heritage, people of West Asian heritage, people of Central Asian heritage, people of Southeast Asian heritage, people of East Asian heritage, and Southeast Asian heritage, and Middle East and North African people instead of black. Do you know what I mean? So people of African heritage, people of Caribbean heritage. Does that help you guys? Does it feel better? Do you agree with her reference? I do. I do. Thank that's it. And let's get some comments. <laughs> is, is it my go? No, it's Auntie Shade's. I'm still sitting up. <laughs> um, cool. So everyone says hello, evening, and all that. Um, Okoye says, I agree, aunties. I'm a bit worried about what this is really about because 
um, how, because how and why BAME is used, who uses this term and why. Once we can define that, we can know what it is that we are talking about. Candy says it sounds horrible because they made it that way, like the word immigrant has been made a dirty word. And uh, Candice responds and says, just like the word black. I think I don't even hate black, but I hate the way that some white people stumble over saying black. They're like, it's like it's like stuck sticks in the throat. <laughs> it makes me think, do you want to say the N word? Like, get it off your chest. Go on, say what you need to say. Because it's like the word black shouldn't stick in your throat. Like you feel so nervous. It's actually quite funny. Um, okay, moving on. That's short and sweet. Just wanted to let you know that the sun will no longer use BAME and we have been freed by the sun. Thank you, the sun. Um, Auntie Nana, what have okay. you heard? Okay, so I really, really wanted us to discuss coming to America too. Because, um, you know, it's been a subject of discussion since it was released on, on Saturday. I wanted to get your thoughts on the film. Um, what was your highs? And if you have any lows, what were the lows? And um, what do you think um, this piece does for black cinema? Hey, <laughs> <Hi>, Auntie Shade. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> um. Ooh, I think that I think I think I think that last question is just so loaded. <laughs> um, <laughs> what does it do for black cinema? Uh, nothing, absolutely nothing. I think it. Um, I think it's like who was it? Was it Chris Rock that used to have like this skit where he'd talk about, "Oh, we're advancing forward," and then certain people make us go all the way back. I think this film has made us go all the way back. Like I just, I, I thought it was insanely out of touch. Like just, I found part offensive as a black woman, as an African, um, as someone outside of the, um, uh, what do you call it? The American black uh, experience kind of thing. I found it very, very offensive. I found the acting poor. I found uh, accents poor. Um, the storyline was shambolic. Um, <laughs> uh, I could go on. But it was it was not uh, like it was not for me. They should have left it alone. Um, I'm I'm embarrassed that um, so many people have watched it. So many people. Uh, not to say I do think it's split though. To be honest, um, but so many people still do like it. Um, it. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to me. Not not what I was expecting at all. I thought it would. It w wasn't going to be. Uh, great because remakes or, or sequels rarely are. Um, but I wasn't expect I wouldn't expecting it to be so bad. Like did, like nil pot, like nothing. Terrible. What was the part that made you offended, or one part? I mean, oh, there were so many. There was so, there were so many. I think two really stick out to me. One where um, and yes, yeah, spoiler alert. Um, but to be honest, it doesn't matter because it's shit. Um, <laughs> So there's one part where uh, Prince Hakim is um, uh, recounting or recanting uh, when he slept with, uh, you know, the, the the mother, and he referred to her as a wild boar. Didn't appreciate that at all. Reference totally unnecessary. And then also when um, I think it's the son was referring to, 
uh, what's Hakeem's friend name? Simi. Simi. Um, to him uh, and said that he is dressed like a futuristic nigger or something. Slave. Slave, that's it. Sorry, my bad. Same thing. Um, but yeah those were in particularly offensive also as well i just think like what is the point of setting up a family where you have three female daughters and you know the opening scene is you fighting with them they're trained in combat they seem to be you know uh uh strong given that sim those symbolic uh signals for them just to be props like every woman in that film was a prop Every yeah. single one. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, I'm done. But yeah. <laughs> Auntie um, So I found the film to be a pile of flaming hot turd. Um, it is like a bad, bad, bad Tyler Perry film. Um, I was extremely disappointed to discover that the person that did the costumes was the same person that did the costume for Black Panther. It's almost as though she got her apprentice to did it and didn't and didn't look at their work. Um, uh, it does nothing for black cinema. It, in, in actual fact, I agree with Auntie Shade. It made it makes us look bad. The film actually isn't for us. It's not. It's for for a completely different audience. You can't. Have, that is not to me a black film for black people. It's just not. The acting was poor. There was a lack of relationship between Semi and Akeem. They didn't explore that in the first one. Their relationship is one of the best things about the film, the bond between them, the jokes between them. I uh, found it extremely offensive as well. They had cheap jokes, um, Kunta Kente joke in the barbershop, and then they were like, oh, you can't say that, but they said other stuff, that was shit. The bit about, I'm gonna start a sponsorship for you, that was shit. Um, why was Joffy in a coffin? What the fuck are they trying to say? That was shit. Uh, it ruined the first, it, no, sorry. It didn't ruin the first one because the first one is still a classic. What it did, instead of playing homage to it, it just made you feel like they were taking the piss almost because they the way that they inserted some of the old footage to move the story along or lack thereof the story it seemed very rushed like we don't want to explore these characters and the relationship and how they came here and all of this so what we're going to do instead we're going to use an old clip and we're going to blend it together to make it look like something happened they used old jokes for for it, the jokes didn't land in the same way um they didn't explore the daughters at all none of the daughter's storylines were explored the storyline between the son and the barber was rushed she said two things to him next thing you know they were in love and getting married the the wife lisa wasn't used at all apart from one time when she said something towards the end and like you can't sleep here it was as i said a pile of flaming turd i've said to everybody who's going to watch it it's shit but if you want to watch it, watch it for the culture. But I guarantee you, you're going to struggle. That is what I said to people. And um, to me, Eddie Murphy was playing Slim Herman Clump because his facial expressions were from The Nutty Professor. If you watched the first film, Akeem is like a cool prince. Yeah, he's a bit... He, he doesn't know stuff because he, he's not American, but he's not, a, he's not like this cheap comedy character. He's just not that. And I know it's like 30 years on, but his character didn't, you know, it's almost as though Eddie thought he, he came to the set and it's, I'm just going to remix what I've done before on the clumps, you know, on, on those shows, on those films. Yeah. Didn't like it. Well, you know, 30 years ago, 
I was going to drama school, no, dance school with my stepsister or something like that. We were faking, actually, we were lying. We were pretending we were going to dance school. We ended up in Leicester Square and we stumbled upon the Coming to America premiere where I saw John Landis, the director, and I saw Sherry Headley, who plays Lisa. And I was so excited. And when I saw it, I loved the film. I have fond memories, apart from all the one-liners. I had curly perm. So, you know, all these type of things. There's so many things. Cultural-isms, impact on childhood, fantastic teenagehood, I should say. Then we have this thing 30 years later, which has not evolved. It was a, also, I'm going to be careful. No, I'm not gonna be careful. I didn't like it, it was horrid. Horrid, 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 horrid. Um, and I feel like one of the things that missed a trick on was the fact that it's, we have come so far with how Africa is portrayed. In the 90s, it was, you know, African booty scratcher. It was Eddie's give me half all that type of stuff. We've come so far. So to do a film that's still set in the 90s mentality of what Africa was, well, it wasn't, but how it was portrayed, to bring it to 21, I don't understand. The mind is blown. It's, um, it's It was reductive, it was offensive, it was rude, it was lazy, in my opinion. And I don't understand because we had 30 years to plan this. What was the rush? Um, the people, the t I mean, when I saw that Kenya Barris was one of the writers, I was like, okay, because Kenya Barris, lots of issues with that guy. Um, so fair. I now understand why this went this way. Um, but I just was so shocked. I wasn't, a, the trailer was a bit like, mm, but I thought maybe they'd pull it through and it'd be at least some sort of sitcom level fun. But it wasn't. It wasn't funny. And I'm not saying, because I've seen people commenting, saying it wasn't a documentary. It's not supposed to. No, that's not what it is. It's the fact that we have evolved so much with black writing, black filmmaking and everything. Comedy is comedy. It's very hard to do comedy. It's very hard. So you can't even undermine it and say, you know, it's just comedy. It's just what it is. Comedy is a very hard skill. So if you can execute comedy well, there's a level that goes to it. This film did not need to be shit. It didn't need to be shit. And there's no reason for people to say, I had no expectations, so I enjoyed it. That what's wrong with us as, as, as people? It's not about black. It's not about nothing. Why are you lowering your expectations just so that you can process something and accept it? It's a, it's a, it's nonsense to me. It's, it's absolute nonsense. Why did dumbing down yourself just so that you can pretend that you like something? It's not by force. The thing was shit. Just say it, it was rubbish. Twenty one. You can't. You can't. We have things like Atlanta Insecure, other things, but yet you're going to say, oh, this was amazing. It's not. It's not. It's like Norbit. It was Norbit in 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 coming to America. It was like Norbit. Um, and also they missed a trick with the agency, Lisa was an independent woman in coming to America. She was out, outright, forthright, spoke, um, outspoken. She helped Akeem change the rules of Zamunda. Yet now, the whole, who, who can name one line that Sherry said that was memorable? Please tell me, in this new season, in this new film, which what did she say? She didn't speak, she didn't say anything, she didn't have any agency. The whole system of Zamunda just reverted back to whatever King Jaffe Joffe had. Like, Akeem, they're supposed to change the lay of the land, but yet it's gone back to sexist ways. No one spoke. Um, the costuming, I don't even want to diss Miss Ruth E. Carter because she, did, she has done a phenomenal job. She did a phenomenal job with the first one, but I can only believe that possibly the budgets weren't there for her. And so she had to get, as Auntie Farah said, her assistants, and maybe her assistants, assistant, assistants, trainee in turn to do the designs. And maybe they couldn't get things done on time or something like that, because this is not reflective of someone who took so much care and diligence with Black Panther and with the original Coming to America films. I don't know what happened there. But what really stressed me out was that in one scene, Eddie's daughter, um, Kiki's character, wore a puma. <laughs> like, and I, I don't, it's not Puma, it's not the brand. 
it's like it's one of those dresses that I would. Oh, I, I don't understand. I don't know how to explain it, but it irritated me because I just thought it was just very, very lazy. Um, I don't know. My my answer isn't co cohesive or concise. You understand? I don't like it. I didn't like the dictator. I thought it was a lazy stereotype. Michael Blackson, and I am quite angry at every African that, did, that didn't say, hey, guys, you know, we've come a little bit further than this and we can do some more. We can do, we can think about this a little bit more. Rotten me. I don't know what you're doing in it. What do people do? I mean, seriously, seriously. Seriously. Now, let me make it clear. It's not the fact that we, it has to be highbrow. It doesn't have to be intelligent. We can have slapstick. I like slapstick. I like stupid, but it wasn't even clever stupid. It was just stupid. Auntie Nana. <laughs> well, you guys covered so much, but um, I think my, she should be back soon. I think, her, uh, you know, her laptop sometimes goes a bit crazy. Um, you, the 30 years of non-progression of life and look and just it to me it was it was ridiculous to set it in Africa and not move this African country forward 30 years because even the last time I was in Ghana um was 12 years ago and when I look at pictures how much Ghana has changed in 12 years it's ridiculous so it's like, how could that not be reflective in what we're seeing? Just the look of the place should have looked different. But the jokes were really bad as well. And playing on nostalgia for me doesn't cut it for a part two. I would even prefer you do a part two like Greece. Like, you know, it's just another, it's another film. Like if, But just regurgitating the same stuff pissed me off really I was like no I, I watch coming to America almost every year so seeing these same clips again in this shit didn't it didn't help that nostalgia factor wasn't there for me and then as Auntie Sade said I think the depiction of dark-skinned women again from the first one was problematic but actually like the kind of oversexed sister was still kind of funny but in this one it was just rude and Leslie Jones wasn't, she said nothing that made me laugh at all. My, now my favorite scene, if I can call it favorite, the scene that I could watch again was when, and this is a, a, a two, I think it's a, a minute and a half scene when the son goes for a job interview with the trading places um, son, like the ones, the, the ones that, um, what were they called? Something come Mortimer, those guys. And off. Randolph, yeah, their descendant has a has a business and the, and they have an exchange. That to me was the best scene, and it literally is ninety seconds long. I think they missed the trick mm -hmm. with the funeral. Like, ah, uh, oh, it frustrates oh me. Like, that suit funeral was so utterly ridiculous, and you could have actually have paid cultural homage to um. To Ghanaian funerals that do have a bit of a fun fair, and you you have um, some funerals they have like a dead body that is propped up and dressed how the person would dress. It's like that is a thing culturally. That's a thing, but having to me, I would consider that maybe a slight nod to it. But then he was alive, and then he died, and was like, "Son, I'm going to die now." It was like you made it ridiculous when actually you could have involved a real African tradition within this it was just so many things were missed and I was like it's so shit I was so disappointed that they had all of the stars in it doing appearances for this 
this this terrible film. It was absolutely terrible. It was a it was a whole heap of waste of money that could have gone to a project that really could have done with that funding or even funded ten project projects really. But yeah, it was it was a waste of of time, and I've watched it twice. Oh, you did? Because I, I did. I did. I was going to watch it just from refresh because I knew we were going to talk about it. And I was like, I can't. I don't have the hours, and um, and I can't put myself through it. And also the little the the, the thing that I forgot to say was that apparently Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan wanted to get involved, and Eddie Murphy said no because Eddie Murphy apparently in the article said that. The, the 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 film was supposed to be focused on the relationship between Simi and Akeem, which it didn't. It doesn't do. You turned down Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler, and you came up. With, I mean, if the film was better, I'd be like, ah, oh, right. But the film wasn't. Better. Imagine if Michael. Imagine Ryan Coogler put his little sprinkle on it. Managed to handle Black Panther, and then what made it worse is that the guy Jermaine that plays the son, the long lost son, was forever. Once he got to Africa, became a second rate Killmonger. Yeah, he was dressed dressed as like Killmonger's stunt double like you know they don't always give them the full outfit they just give them like the body bits but then a bit of just so that when the when the camera flashes past them when they're doing things it kind of looks like that so he looked like it was like the stunt. it was really 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 bad and i don't understand what how that conversation went i don't understand how they're like no no we don't need you we're going to do our own thing i don't imagine if michael b and ryan sprinkled their stuff on it because they would have a level of like no we can do it like this son we went to africa and we 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 really embraced cultures when we researched black panther we can impart this knowledge onto you and make a better version like no. it, why i i really wanted to put it to the people who love this or are saying to us who are criticizing it it's not that deep i don't understand because to me this film is like i feel like it was intentionally bad because you have to go out of your way to make something this shit. Yeah. And it felt like you're trolling the black community. Like you, you're actually, you wanted some type of outrage from us. You wanted an emotional burst from us that wasn't happiness. Like I was actually, first time we watched it, I was thoroughly offended for quite a few days. Like, oh, you guys got me. It was to a level of somebody sharing a murder. You know, when somebody just shares a, a murder scene and they don't say, like, what this is. Like, that's how emotionally draining that comedy was. It was like, it was so far from a comedy, it was infuriating. I mean, yeah. after, we, after we watched it, we all felt like we needed to have a shower. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, i got to wash that off of me. So, yeah, yeah it was just... It's just so poor, and I didn't watch it again because I my life is too valuable for that. It's just mm. I can't waste the time. Like I just can't. Auntie Shada, do you have anything else to add before we go to the comments? Yeah, I was just gonna say like I just don't I I, I don't think that um it's just it just hasn't aged well. Apply it exactly the same. Um, Oh, she's frozen again. Sorry, Auntie Shada, you froze on what you said. Can you hear me now? I can hear you, but it's freezing. Okay. But if you can hear yeah, me. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Let's, um, Nana, can you pick up the comments and see if Auntie Shada can sort her internet out or what's happening? Okay. Well, we got quite a few. All right, let me go to. Do, 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 do. 
Where does it start from? Right, okay. So, oh, it's just me and you now. It's just me and you, <laughs> baby. Okay. Well, sing back. Back. There was quite a bit of comments. Sorry, guys. I'm just scrolling to get to all of them so that I don't miss anything. This message is great. It's your turn yeah. to do this. It's not. I know. Okay. So, uh, right. We have Ray says, shots fired. Candine says, when I found out that Kenya Varius wrote, I was mad. He did an episode, episode five of Black as Fuck, and that was about horrible black movies. It literally explains everything that was wrong with this movie. Uh, Coming to America 2 was not as bad as I expected. I expected terrible accents and I got it. I expected terrible acting and I got it. Um, and I think that is Yatha uh, says, to be honest, just like Caucasians can make bad films, uh, black folks should be able to do so as well. I am not condoning some of the horrible things said. Candy says, I thought kids going back to school yesterday will have to go through what we had to go through 35 years ago with this film. Eddie was 35, Eddie has 35 years to make it right and he did not. Um, Ray says, that rubbish should have been left three decades ago from the sound of it haven't seen it and not in a rush to either sad that we know what to expect and uh knee says i really can't take that i had no expectations crew nonsense uh cindy is laughing at you auntie ak and aquia says i knew the film was going to be shit 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 why because who distributes and executively produces black films they play a game of one film uplift and five films fuck over if you don't believe me count them this is why i don't watch most black films they are made as a form of control of black populations and re-racist defying white audiences Come on, black people! Why are we? Why are so many black people surprised every time? Jesus, this shit is going on for another five hundred years if we don't open our eyes. And of course, it's going to be shit. Jeff Schumann says, "Sharp reviewers, I'd love to see these awesome black women on the TV. Other than some of the awful role models we currently have gracing our TV screens, loving this vibe, brutal but open and honest." And salute to you, sir. And Yafa says, can we admit at least the get-off rendition was fun? No. Uh, no. <laughs> and um, Nee says, ironically, Kenya Barris, one of the writers, has covered in his show, Blackish, you how you can't just support Black productions for the sake of supporting Black productions. Even ridiculing Tyler Perry in the process, Kenya also talks about not feeling compelled to support something just because it's black. If it's bad, it's bad. Yes, there are challenges when it comes to making films, hence why I feel that when you are operating at a higher level with bigger budgets, you have a duty to produce something worthwhile, again, in my humble opinion. And Victoria says, what have you seen from African-American authored content about Africans in 30 years that has made you think this was going to be different? The characters are always there to have an African accent, have stereotypical statements, exhibit Kwame in Dear White People. And Candy says, yes, Auntie Nana, that was the only good scene 
in quotes. And Yafa says, um, he said no. Wow, big mistake. Uh, ZW says, sounds like he didn't want to be, that sounds like he didn't want it to be good. And Tian says, exactly. Uh, Queer says, all stars, all, all the stars lined up and paid their call me a nigger tax to the Hollywood machine. That's what this film was all about. And Yafa says, I think it was just laziness, to be honest. And Candy says, yes, it does feel like trolling. And uh, Victoria says, I don't think you can blame Hollywood for this one. And Ray says, I feel trolling for black outrage is an actual pastime for people. It's clear people are getting paid big money to think up insulting ideas like nothing. Nicholas says, the internet is playing crazy tonight. I have been kicked out too many times in regards to see um, Come to America 2. I am too afraid to watch it. Yafa says, a movie is not controlling me. It's, let's get that out of the way. There are several black films I have sidestepped because it was obviously stereotypical behavior that I refused to, res to support. I realize I am contradicting myself, but this was a nostalgia film. And Ray says, wait a minute, episode 52? Isn't that a year, aunties? Nearly almost soon. But no, we had a few double up, triple ups earlier on. So we're coming to our anniversary soon and we'll have more news about a special event coming for that. But I just wanted to jump in and say, listen, now, look, this conversation, especially from working for where I work, it comes up a lot. And I've said it myself, we should be allowed, black filmmakers, yes, we should be allowed to fail, we should be able to make mistakes, and we shouldn't be held super overly accountable than other white people. Because the thing what, but people are misinterpreting that to mean, we should just get away with making mediocre stuff, mediocre stuff, and not make effort and just do it as nonsense as everybody else. That's not the case, because the problem is with us, we make a film that doesn't do well, whether it's good or bad, we get held to a different standard. You can't get funding, you can't get screen, you can't get distribution, you can't get the support, you can't get on, on a channel, you can't get commissioned. All these things, if we don't get one viewer that tips it over the ratings, numbers, balances or whatever. Now where our white counterparts, they can do fail after fail after fail and just because of their name or just because of who they're connected to, they can get chance after chance after chance. That's when we're talking about let us fail but still get another chance. Don't judge us on one failure, whereas white people get a chance to fail again repeatedly and get more chances. That is what people mean. Well, that's what I mean. It does not mean to say that we should be allowed to make shit just because everybody else makes shit. What's that? Why can't, when we've spoken about this on the auntie show before, why do we want to hold ourselves to lower standards? When, as a people, we hold ourselves to higher standards. There's nothing wrong to holding yourself to higher standards. And when you're talking about taste, there's taste. But I have seen too many people say, I lowered my expectations and then I enjoyed it. What the hell is wrong with your brain? That doesn't make sense to me. It, it doesn't work. It's not. And this is something that they've got. They've All these people involved, they've got money. And it's not by force that you do it. And also you could have taken extra time to let it breathe. Really reset. It's lazy. It was. And you're. I don't know. I don't know what to. I don't know why it's okay. And I, yes, do you know what? It's a. It's a film. It's entertainment. Who cares? Whatever. It's not that deep, but it is that deep also because you're taking someone's culture, remixing, remixing it, especially a culture that has suffered from negative stereotypes, especially when it comes to the public black cultural mainstream where African is. It's taken a long time for us to rebrand. It's taken a long time for us to be 
confident in who we are, not not personally, but I'm just saying in general, the brand of being African hasn't had a good hasn't had a good run. All you see is mud huts and flies. So the fact that now that we're coming into our own and people are starting to understand there's more to Africa than the negative comic relief type stereotype. And then you do this lazy thing and fall back on things that, it's like people that had the backlash against Famalam, the rightfully so, some Caribbeans who are like, yeah, you can't be using the dick jokes and things like that. We've moved, we've worked so hard to remove those stereotypes from us as Jamaicans and Caribbeans to bring that back. I understand. So then if that be the case, understand this, where I'm coming from and where some of us are coming from. We do have to move on, but do any of you aunties have anything else to say? Nah, I think you covered it all. Okay. Oh, I'm just going to say um, that, uh, but it's probably been covered, but I just, I, I honestly just add is that the um, they basically tried to make the same film and it doesn't work in this day and age that we've moved on. So respectfully, stop that shit. I, I have one more point to add. Go on. How shit was the soundtrack? Thank you. Oh, that's what because someone said get off. Sorry, I'm a huge you like you don't so you don't. shit. The soundtrack so shit. pants. Why would equally you... equally the the man that goes she's your queen like uh, they just ruined him. Just yeah, actually just, ruined him. They ruined <laughs> him. Why? What was the significance of get off? What a king! What a king! What a king! What a mighty good king! And the thing so, is, none of the songs made set, like it just it doesn't it's not even why did you bring salt and pepper in to do that why <laughs> and it's not even they crossed his house that's why and they said hey won't be in the film they said okay so get off has no african ties it's not even a tune that is like it's a my I, I don't there's no co the so, way that the way that afro beats has exploded globally <laughs> right uh, the way that you have these global, iconic singers and the music that they put out and how amazing it is, you're telling me you couldn't find one of them to be on the soundtrack or to sing one of their songs no. that, you know. Yeah, David, David was there. David, David was at the end. He was there at the end. Yeah, David was there. Was there. Yeah. Bernie was on the soundtrack as well, but it's terrible. But it doesn't it's, 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 it's terrible. terrible. We don't want Sorry, no. I was just going to say, what I'm trying to say is you have these people at your disposal and you bring in salt and pepper and you bring in, like, it It, it, it made no sense. It, it didn't correlate to what they were, it just didn't go together. It made no sense. What a king, what a king, what a mighty good king. Don't piss me off. That's bollocks, man. Come on. No, it was bad. I, for, for me as well, the, the, the scene when he goes back into the fake McDowell's and starts mopping the floor to think, you're taking the absolute piss. You're taking the fucking. <laughs> Do I have to go back to menial work to clear my mind? Are you fucking mad? Seriously, taking the piss. Oh my god! <laughs> I had totally forgotten about that. And also, Wesley Snipes. Sorry, can I just say Wesley Snipes is dictator? That everyone's saying, yeah, that's the move when he's stepping. I I found that because. You gotta be careful with dictators as well. How you portray it's not. It's just. It's not. That, but that's where it's like African culture is not for fun. It's not. It's not for jokes. It's, you have to really go deep into it. It's like Cool Runnings. You wouldn't accept Cool Runnings thirty years later and doing the same things and having bad accents. How can you? I'm sorry, whoever said it. How can you say that you expected bad accents in twenty? Well, that's not an excuse anymore because we all know now that Africa isn't Africa's country. We all know now Africa is a continent with many, many, many countries and different tone dialects 
and accents. So you know, if, could, um, if they got British actors, the accent would have been better. It would have been a lot better. It would have been on, the accents would have been on point. Yeah, it, it just would have been on point. Just saying. Hashtag just saying. Just saying. And just saying. Film would have been better as well. I mean, it's just it's a lot true. happening, and I'm very very sad. And um, anyway, moving on. Yes, so sad. So, so sad. Okay, Auntie Farah, what have you heard? It's me. <laughs> Maybe not moving on. Um, not really. So, I we're coming up to um, the, the latest census is about to take place. And it has to be done on, I think it's the 21st of March. And I would just like to ask you, ladies, if you did the last census, if you completed the last census, how you feel about it. Do you think that is something that's actually needed in this day and age? given the fact that they know we're, what we're having for dinner anyway, and, you know, they've got all our information, do you think that they act we actually need to complete the census? What are your thoughts about it? Do you have any conspiracy theories? So on and so forth. Auntie Nana. I'm, I'm well disappointed. I don't have a conspiracy theory on this. I would have tried to find one. Um I I do not remember ever doing a, cens a census. And I think I remember, maybe it was this week, uh, the husband coming in and saying census is here and putting the letter down and it's probably going to stay there. I, I, you know what? I'm genuinely interested why it's needed because I have no clue and I probably wouldn't participate in it anyway. But just to know what is the point of it um, would be interesting. And does it help with your credit score or um, like what, what's the benefit? What would be the, my benefit to doing it? And then I may consider it if I'm going to benefit. Auntie Shade. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I do remember the last one because, um, because wasn't there a campaign that everyone to put their religion as a member of the Jedi or part of the Jedi or something like that? <laughs> the whole campaign, um, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, but uh, I'm not actually going to say whether I partake partaked or not. <laughs> I don't think it's actually private. Um, a bit like voting. Um, but I think essentially what it's for, from what I hear on the radio, because BBC One, no, not so Capital Extra. Well, we play that sometimes, and like they they have an ad at the moment, and it's talking about um, what's it called uh, that you should was it called uh to help your local community kind of thing so um how many uh if you need a new hospital or uh the schools in your area get funding so essentially i think the underlying uh reason is to count how many people there are in the country count what services they need uh in relation to area so it must be about money essentially um yeah. okay um uh uh, I, I do you know what I like. I like the idea of the census because it sounds it's, it makes me think of like the old school, ye olde London, ye olde England, and then the town cries like, "Come and fill up your census." It just seems very old school, very Game of Thrones back in the day. But um, that aside, as a journalist, I do like having stats and figures to hand, and it is because when you're referring to how many e ethnic minorities are in the UK and shit like that. It is that thing of uh, watch. It, it hasn't been updated since 2011, so I'd like to know how, where we are, what percentage. But this is for my information. So when I'm talking about stuff and then people talk about minority, I'm quite interested to know how 
quickly, we're not going to be the minority in this country, although we're globally not the minority. So for stats and figures, I'm all for it, just for my interest, and I want to know where we are in the lay of the UK land as black people. Um, and I think, you know, they've got access to all information anyway. The other thing I don't like is that, it's the, 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 that you could be fine. It, it says by law you're supposed to take it. And the, my pressure is, I haven't seen the letter because with me, when letters come through my door, I'm just looking at my front door now, they'll pile up. I can look at letters, I can step over them, I can come in. And it's only when I'm like, really like, oh my God, I can't get out of my house because there's letters at the door. <laughs> then I'll, I'll pick up and then I'll have a sit down and then I'll pick up the pile, move them to the front room, They'll get my nerves there. They'll move to my bedroom. They'll get my nerves there. They might move back to the front room. And then one day I'm gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a, what do you call it? I'm gonna say blending, not blending, shredding day. And then I'll go through everything and shred things. And then I'll actually open it. And then I'll see the couple of bills that were outstanding. I'm like, oh shit, didn't deal with that. Blah, 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 blah. I didn't get my gas done, all that type of shit. So that's me and letters. So if I get fine because I'm too busy to freaking pick up my letters, because I am busy, that's the reason why I don't pick them up then I'm gonna be very angry, I don't find me. So it's just a freaking thing. And give me more reminders, we're digital. Don't send me a letter, who opens letters? Give me more digital reminders because you can tell me online when things aren't paid and all that type of shit. So tell me that I haven't done my census. So I don't think we should get fined. I don't think think it by force. They've got all our information anyway. Um, like I said, if I don't pay my rent, you can tell me everything about myself and where I am and where I was last week, why I didn't pay my rent when I was walking down Oxford High Street or some nonsense. So don't give me that bull crap. So that's the only part I don't understand but I do like the idea of it for my own reference, stats and facts. And I want to know our advancement or not. And, you know, yeah, stuff like that. So um, would I do it? If I find the letter, I've, I did my mum the other day. She's, you know, old people, they get very like, got to do these things is by law. So I helped my mum fill out hers. It didn't take too long. She, But she started to get annoyed with all the questions. She's like, why are you asking me all my business? I'm like, mum, you really wanted to do it. But she started getting vexed with all the questions. It's not that deep. It's like three sections not that bad do you own your household it's stuff that you answer all the time and any other thing you feel like your tax all that type of stuff it's just normal so yeah i i'll fill it out if i can if i find it if i get if i remember and i'll be back here cussing if i get fined and i'm pay one p every four months <laughs> so the fine for the census is a thousand pounds if you don't complete it what? Um, it is, wow. It is an offence not to complete the census. Mm -hmm. In 2012, 120 people went to jail because they didn't complete the census of 2011. Oh, no. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so it is. <laughs> yeah, so it is a big thing. Saying that, I don't know if they found every single person that didn't complete the census. Well, they so didn't, because I didn't. Ex precisely i don't <laughs> remember completing it um i always do wonder i think it's like the black in me that i always like wonder why i got to fill this out why do you need to know this this year it's a bit different in a couple of ways you can do it online um also there are some things on there that are now voluntary you don't have to answer so things like religion and gender you don't have to answer and it's not illegal not to answer those questions and auntie Charlotte, you said it right it is they're saying Part of the reason why they do this is because it's to find out what's needed in local communities and that sort of thing. Um, so do, will I complete the census? Yes, I actually will complete the census because I think they're a bit more onto things now than they were in 2011 in terms of getting people. And I think I've started to have a different sense of it as well. You know, when you see all these adverts um, 
about history and my auntie was my great auntie was working yeah. in such and such and I always look at that and I say that's good for you because I can't trace shit you know what I mean like when like when you're of black Caribbean descent you can go so far that you know you can't really go much further so because of that reason I thought I, I was thinking to myself oh, I'd be pretty cool for like my grandkids and my great great grandkids to be able to say oh my my great great grandmother was xyz I mean I know they could probably find that out anyway but it would be pretty cool for them to see it on the census so I thought that's one reason why I'm going to do it um but yeah the fine for me is a lot a thousand pounds because like you said but like you said auntie nana and like you said auntie ak I've got my letter somewhere because I saw it and I was like, okay. And I put it down. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to fill that in. I have to think about this. Um, this is before I realized that there was a thousand pound fine. <laughs> but for all we know, it might be like TV license where they say there's a thousand pound fine and then no one comes for you. Um, they are saying that this is probably the last census because they're looking at different ways of collecting people's information. So it might not be like this again. So again, that's another little reason why I feel like maybe I will do it for the historical element of it all. So I, I, I'm kind of like 50-50, but I do, yeah, I'm more, actually, I'm more than 50-50. I think I'm like 70-30 swaying, I'm going to do it. And I'm someone that doesn't like filling in things. But for the historical nature of it, and as I said, thinking about the little children in the future, I might do it. Um, okay. <laughs> Question? I mean, I'm um, sorry, comments. We have a couple, not too many. Um... FP comms asks, are we legally bound to complete it? Um, I yes. guess so, yeah. Um, and then Ray says, Auntie Nana asks, does it help my credit score? I'm still going to ask that question. The thing is, the, the fact that you said that resonated with me because I remember the first time I ever did the electoral register, it was because I wanted to help my credit score because they're yeah. always like, oh, we can't find you. So I did it. Like This is after I lived at my um, last flat for a certain amount of time. I was like, I'm going to get on the electoral register. Auntie Shada, you don't think it helps? I don't. I don't think it does. I don't think. I don't think that it's connected in that way. Yeah, I don't think this does. Um, the electoral role is what they search for credit scores. Yes. They, yeah, they wouldn't search this for that. And plus, especially if um, most of the information is voluntary, I, I would. I would imagine it wouldn't be as helpful. Yeah, it's not. It's not really the, the same. <laughs> And um, I'm, I really hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Yatha says this is a lot, Jeesh. It is a lot. The fine's a lot, but I guess it's incentive to do it. But I'm also like, don't. I haven't seen my letter. I really hope I haven't. But you it. can do it online. You can probably just go you online need, and do it. You need, you need um, letter has a different number. It's a code, and it's. Oh, is it? Okay, I didn't know that. Unless they, if you know all that, that means you can get it. <laughs> <laughs> because you know a lot, and you did your mum. So what's your excuse? I did my mum. I don't know where mine is. I don't see. There's some letters. For the door today, I'll have a look. Well, you've got until the 21st of March to contact them and ask them for another copy. So can you stop giving me information, please? Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> can I now evidential proof? There's a record. <laughs> <laughs> You're a shepherd for the deep. Let's stop it. Okay. All right. Final, final. Let's get cracking. Auntie Shade, what have you heard? Well. <laughs> <laughs> What have we all heard? What has the world heard today or yesterday or the day before? Oh my gosh, is uh, it's been crazy. So, Meghan, Harry, Oprah, who would have thought maybe a year ago, two years ago, that these guys would be sitting down doing a tell-all interview? Um, so basically, obviously we know there's been Mexit, 
um, Meghan and Harry have left uh, the UK and now are in the US. And um, basically, they just spilt the tea. They weren't even sipping the tea. They threw the tea down. They threw it down. Like from us, for us, for our, from our perspective, being British and growing up in this culture, I've never in my life seen royals talk like this, like be yeah. this open since Diana, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? And it was it was kind of shocking. Um, I thought that we were all expecting, you know, um, when you see like the ads and everything, we was all expecting it to be a bit surface. Do you know what I mean? Like hinting at things, but it was like, okay, cool. They came very close to the line and were feeling some, ooh, scary stuff really and truly. So they talked about, you know, racism within the firm, in the uh, royal family. So, you know, people, or they wouldn't mention the name of the person who um, uh, was concerned about the color of Archie's skin. They talked about Meghan having suicidal thoughts and reaching out to essentially HR and not getting any support. Um, they talked about Megan being made to cry by Kate um, Middleton. They talked about um, Harry and his relationship with his father, that there's, uh, it, it, there's some distance there. And also the relationship with his brother, that there's also some distance there. Um, and it was very damning to the royal family. It was a hard watch. It was a hard watch for me. Um, and I'm pretty sure for a lot of people across the country. Um, so I want to know from you guys, I guess, like, what, how are you feeling about it? What do you think the impact of this would be? Do you think that this is like a mechanism for change within the royal family? Do you think that this is the catalyst to dissolve them, abolish them, essentially? Um, and also as well, do you think that the threat against Harry and Meghan as it stands is very real? Or do you think that it's, you know, that they're kind of playing this up to kind of launch themselves in the US? What do you guys think? Okay, I'm gonna ask myself to answer this first. Um, apparently now the Queen has released a statement of Buckingham Palace on behalf of Her Majesty the Queen. It wow. says, the whole family is saddened to learn the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for Harry and Meghan. The issues raised, particularly that of race, are concerning. While some recollections may vary, they are, are taken very seriously and will be addressed by the family privately. Harry, Meghan and Archie will always be much loved family members. That basically <laughs> says, we don't see it that way. Because um, while some recollections may vary, <laughs> Kate is nothing. That means Kate is like that witch. She added whatever, and um, they're taking very seriously. We just by the family privately. Listen, you know, I, I don't know where to start. I, 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 do you know what I feel? Actually, on the back of everything that's happened, I mean, we've been following this story from when Megan stepped into the family, and this is the one. She's been announced, she's had all the trolling, she's had all the racism, she's had all the bias, the comparisons to Kate, the bullying accusations, every single thing she does, she sniffs, it's not royal, she crosses her legs in the wrong way, and as she says, she wasn't even given training, like, how do you, I, if there's so many things, but where this all sits now, for me, it's like a pantomime, all the reactions, Piers Morgan playing the um, the evil, mm. not Noddy, what's the girl, he punched, you know, he's playing yeah. the, 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 the anti-hero in all of this, it's a pantomime. Even him walking off screen earlier on, and then it's just all a pantomime. I think we're all parts of this 
puppetry and puppet mastery, I don't think the monarchy will go anywhere. I do think they'll spin this to their advantage. Um, like this, this apology already makes them in quotes look like they're responding properly. It's all spin. I just, I think, um, Oh gosh, you asked a few questions, Auntie Friday. I've forgotten some of them. So the monarchy, I think, is not going to go away. I think they'll spin a bit, but they'll just do the best to make them um, make themselves look good in this. I think that depending on how they react, the safety of Meghan and Harry um, is. I think the jury's out on that point. At that point, you know, there's nothing's been proven. We all have our conspiracy theories and allege alleges about uh, Diana's passing and the reasons why she passed and all that type of stuff. Um, I think Meghan and Harry, as Archie says, drive safe. <laughs> when, uh, <laughs> uh, and, or roll safe. And yeah, roll safe. Roll safe. <laughs> don't wear boot cuts. And I don't know. I can't remember what else you asked. I, I, I just, I, all um, in all. Do you think the threat is real? Do you think the threat against them? I don't know. Because I feel, I feel like after this, cause like I said, it's such a pantomime. I feel like we're being played. I don't. Half some of it, does, I mean, I, I love that they spoke out. I I, I, I believe them. Um, and I think every time, I think that there's always a glitch in the matrix, always. So you, even though people plan for things to happen and there's a script, I think there's always a glitch in the matrix. And I think Megan was the glitch in the matrix of the establishment, but they all reset the glitch, isn't it? So I don't know what will happen and I don't know how real the threat is um, for them. I just think if they can just crack on in America and carry on and keep it moving, they'll be good. Um, I don't know if there'll be something that happens 20 years later, as in, we told you, we'll get you, but we're just gonna let everybody calm down for now. So I don't know, that's the only thing. Um, but I, I, when we, I'll, I'll let someone else speak, but I wanna get onto the people that have been commentating on this nonsense. So Auntie Farah. What's happened? You froze, so who are you going to? Oh, I'm you. Yeah, I didn't hear because it froze. But yeah, you froze. Okay, so I was like, "Who are you going to?" Oh, um, oh okay. I'm sorry. That's sorry. Um, okay, so oh, it's very strange because I'm finding this. I'm quite emotional about everything that's going on, and that's not to say that I'm like I'm wearing a massive "I Heart Megan" T-shirt. You know, it's it's not like that. I just. You know, like when things are so clear to us as black people and black women, but we're not believed. The fact that people are challenging her experience and, and questioning it and saying, well, it was only a little bit racist or they didn't really mean to be racist or is it even racist? It's racist. And I just really wish that people who are not from a certain community didn't comment on what the black experience is. You can't tell me how I feel if you are overtly racist or you are, you know, uh, massively, you can't. If I'm saying to you, it's offensive to me for you to question what the color of my child's skin is going to be for you to say you are concerned. And that's the key word. To say you, there are concerns about the color, the, the shade, of my son's skin. That's racist. For you to look in at the newspapers and not think that it's racist is just disgusting. Today, the, the headlines on the tabloids were 
what have you what have they done this is the biggest crisis in the royal family for 85 years let's just be straight harry was never going to be king okay you cannot equate what harry has done to what the queen's uncle did it's not the same thing harry was never going to be king okay now i also feel like there were people that were watching a different documentary to us because no one has said gosh it's really sad that she felt like killing herself. And it wasn't like just a passing thought. It was something that she genuinely thought like had ways of, you know, if you listen to her, she talks about, she planned it methodically, methodically how she would do it. You know, she talks about how Harry broke down and we all know Harry's had ment mental problems himself. Like this is mental health that we're talking about. This is someone's, you know, look at, let's take for example, Caroline Flack. And I know that's like way, way out there, but let's take really? for example, how somebody is abused continuously mm. in the media and they take their own life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this woman is telling you that that's how she feels. And this is what's going through her head. And this is not a way that she's ever felt before. And the people are watching this and saying things like, she's trashing the queen, how dare she? They're focusing on the fact that they're not saying who it was that made that comment rather than the comment, which is something that happens all the time with racist people. You know, when, when, you're, when someone is accused of racism or when someone says, this person was racist to me, well, what did they do? Well, how did they say it? I am telling you, I feel and felt something. They, you know, it, they, they didn't do that. Throughout that whole documentary, both Harry and Meghan had nothing but wonderful things to say about the Queen as a person, as a grandmother. That's what they had to say. Not once did they trash her personally. Today, all I've seen is negative, well, the, not all. The negative comments that I have seen are focusing on the fact that they're trashing the Queen. They didn't trash the Queen. Bruv, you watched a different documentary to me because that's not what they did. They said, they said there was a difference between the firm and the family, right? Also, you've got to re realise that these people, it's not like our families, they're not sitting down with each other every day. There's like a million people in between those people before they even see each other. Look, Harry said he had a conversation with his grandmother about meeting her. Then he got an email through her CEO to his CEO saying that she can't meet him no more. Yeah. yeah. You know, like no, people are, again, ignoring the facts. When Harry and Meghan just, um, released a statement saying that they were stepping away, the Queen said that they will still be members of the family. The, Queen, the Queen's statement said these things. The Queen's statement said that they've been working on this for months. Yet for all, all the headlines were Megxit. They blindsided the Queen. They didn't blindside the Queen. Like Harry said in the documentary, just to interject, just to clarify. So those clips that you're talking about, you're referencing, weren't actually in the original that what what went to air in the UK. So those were additional clips that weren't in the original one. Which one, sorry? So the clips that you're referring to when he talks about the Queen um, not being able yeah, to... Yeah, that bit um, wasn't in. Yeah. That bit wasn't in the documentary, but the bit yeah. that was in the documentary is when he said that he, he the, the, they blindsided the Queen. And he yeah. said they didn't because it was months of... You're right. When he said in the, in the one that aired yesterday, he said it was months and months of negotiations, in fact, years of negotiations with the Queen. And she was fully aware, the family were fully aware because he wrote to his father and told him that this is what's going to happen. He, you know, it, the fact, the things that, are so apparent and this is you know like when you feel like something's happening and then it's proven the fact that they said that 
Hanny and, and Megan decided that they didn't want to give their son the title. They don't have the right to do that. It's not up to them. But they didn't give him a title. The fact that they dumped him in Canada after his location had been exposed with no security. This is someone who's had security before he was born. This man, this man has had security before he was born. And they said that, well, you're not a prince anymore. So the, the title means that you don't need to have the threats not there. There is a threat there. If people, normal everyday people or celebrities can get murked in the street, you think that someone, some weirdo out there, some wacko racist out there isn't going to want to do something to these people. I just, I just despair at it all. It just makes me really sad that you've got people that go on television and they spout nonsense and they twist the truth and they get away with it. And then when they're called out, they don't, they can't take it. It's, I, I, it, it makes me feel powerless. And that's not a feeling that I like. So, um, yeah, I absolutely don't have as much as you guys <laughs> have to say on this. What I will say is parts of it were slightly triggering for the lack of empathy when she was talking about trying to reach out for help. But overall, what I got was I really hope some kind of a do-gooding person sets up a campaign to free the royal family it sounded like a cult <laughs> on so many levels I was like this is a cult you can't you don't have your phone you don't have your passport you don't have your driver's license you need to speak to a secretary and get permission before you're able to leave your home you can't meet up with your friends without the secretary or the firm saying this is okay and they plan what that's gonna look like you can't dress yourself like, it, all of it was just like, well, this is a cult. I can't actually get to my family properly to even speak to them without somebody saying you are allowed to speak to them at this moment. That's the, the, so the royal family needs freeing. Like, they're actually like, you're not running anything. You're being run. It sounded like, um, you know, you know, <laughs> what's it called again? In Scandal and Olivia Pope's um, dad. What was it? B619? Like yeah. The firm sounded like B619. You're being run and you're just a public face. Like that whole thing of we have to just turn, you know, that's the job. You doesn't matter what you was going through before. Once the car and the motorbikes get to where they're going to, you step out and you smile and you give a performance. It was like, so... You all are actors. We've said this for years, though. Anyway, it is like, okay, these guys are actors. But again, when he was saying my brother and my dad are trapped, like they they have nowhere to go. They can't escape. That's cult language. That's like Megan came along and showed him that you can leave this. And he, and he sees the opportunity. Of all of the personalities of the royal family that would do this, it would be Harry that would do this. So that's not too surprising. But also this felt like a huge um, insurance video. Like, don't try and touch us. In the and, event of my death, claims yeah. back. When he spoke about um, the security being taken, it reminded me of Malcolm X. And literally at that moment when they arrested his security detail and then he gets assassinated, it just felt like, you guys are setting this up for, is he going to sink or swim? But we hope he sinks. And again, this whole kind of interview, the amount of times that they said moving away saved our life, it just felt a bit too real. 
like they said it too many times because who says that we you can stop talking to toxic family members you can move away from them you just describe it like that as well you'd be like I I moved away from my family because the situation was kind of toxic not we had to do this to save our lives it's like okay and we know what happens when you kind of go against the firm and they called them the firm and the institution constantly and then they said the family so there's three entities in this and the family sounds like they're being held hostage and really it's not worth it guys not for the millions like (laughs) you need to escape Um, auntie shadow yeah this is the thing i I totally agree with um a lot of those points there auntie nana um i do feel like it kind of sounds like they they live in lockdown all the time do you yeah. know what I mean? She said that, didn't she? She yeah, said that's... people would get a sense of what, how she was living. Yeah, it, it was kind of insane. I do think, though, that the, the thing that I, um, I, I I grapple with, I guess, kind of thing, it's just like, don't get me wrong, I do have sympathy for them as human beings. But, you know, they are very wealthy um, as well. And they do, do you know what I mean? We pay for the royal family. We've been paying for Harry since he was born. Do you know what I mean? Kind of thing. So this whole, you know, slightly worries me. It's just like, okay, cool, Harry, but um, but you've lived a very privileged life for a very, very long time, kind of thing. Um, so I'm glad that you've woken up now. Um, but it's had to come to this for you to wake up, basically. Do you know what I mean? Had she not been mixed um or biracial or had she um or had he just married someone else would you be saying this do you know what I mean and I I don't think I don't think he would do you know what I mean so so there's that um I do identify with the gaslighting for sure do you know what I mean I think that was very triggering um for many people um around the world probably do you know what I mean and I just think like it's so interesting how much uh how much how much effort is being put in to what's it called uh to protect the royal family to be seen as racist right do you know what i mean so how much effort is being put put in and i feel like megan coming into the family was almost welcome to kind of almost like protect from that do you know what i mean yeah. so it's like to pull away they're just like well you can't hear so you must feel do you know what i mean it was that kind of rhetoric so that's why they've kind of like cut them off and i just think like this whole thing just goes in. They kept on mentioning the Commonwealth as well. Like Megan, you know, she's the perfect person because of the Commonwealth. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, like seriously, like what is this? Do you know what I mean? And I think like what it's showing is that, you know, it's getting harder and harder for them to control the common things like the Commonwealth. Do you know what I mean? And they're losing their grip on power. They're losing their status. They're losing their influence. And this is why this has been so messy. So I don't know whether there's been a shift in power and maybe that's, um, you know, maybe I want to throw some names out there. Maybe Prince Philip was more, more had his foot down. Maybe he can't. So this is so messy. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so messy. We haven't seen mess like this in such a long time. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I just think, I don't know. I don't know if their relationship is necessarily going to survive either. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's the other thing I was thinking. And I, I don't know if people, I'm not trying to wish badness on them at all kind of thing, but it's a lot, this is a lot of pressure. You, you're you losing your whole way of life. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, wow, both of them, to be honest. But the person that I have the most contempt for at the moment 
is Megan's dad. Like, I just don't want to see him at all again. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he's the trashy, he, well, to be fair, if he's not under duress, I'll put it that way. Like, do you know what I mean? Because he was, he wasn't sounding very coherent um, Mm. this morning. Um, Good morning, uh, Britain. Yeah, good morning, Britain. Yeah, um, he wasn't really sounding very coherent. So, yeah, if he's not under duress, he's the worst. He's like, yeah, he's like trashy trash. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, it adds to Megan's uh, isolation. What? Sorry. Uh, uh, before we come to that new breaking news, I just wanted to bring up a point because I think that was really poignant. Like Megan was quite complicit in this whole thing of like she could be a part of the saving graces of the royal family. Mm-hmm. Like she could be the blackface to kind of um to 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 keep the Commonwealth together. And when she was saying, like, you know, because it means so much for people to see representation and to have me there, it's like you, you know, you're seeing a person that looks like you. And I was like, I, I, you are so far really from that in terms of your representation, but I understand how they would have gassed you enough to for you to think that you would be really being representative of um, the black experience. But it actually annoyed me that she, she didn't seem to have much um, knowledge of her, of her privilege being mixed race and her proximity to white. And actually mm-hmm. that, that doesn't then make you the savior of the blacks or to be able to speak on black people. Right. Like really, it was like, yeah, uh, my eyebrows were properly up in the sky when she was talking like that. Like you would think that they would want me. And sometimes I feel that's how a lot of mixed race people and black people go into white families. Like they would want me because I'm the only one here. Like, like you want to be the only black in the village. But... Yeah then when you suffer racism, it's like you've taken it on so personally, it's like a dagger to your heart. Realistically, going into the royal family, what the hell did you expect? Because when she went in, I remember us having a pod at the time and literally like after when they were like, we're going to leave and me saying like, they got kicked out basically. Like this ain't their choice. This is, they were like, nah, you're all too this is all too much. You're too up yourself. You're not prepared to kind of go along with it. And then Oprah saying that they told her you need to be 50% of yourself. What does that mean? What does that mean? That's the thing. But really, realistically, we know what that means. Yeah, we know what that means. She knows what that means. That's why she really wanted to ask her that. Like, that's why 50% of yourself. Yeah, she, you, know. you know, I mean, let's, I mean, get, let's get the comments because we've got loads, yeah. and then let's come yeah. back. Yeah, I need, yeah, I need to yeah, say you, you that. Yeah, it's quick. It's quick. It's quick. It's a little bit off. Come on, investigating him. It's a, uh, yeah. It's, it's a little quick. bit. Okay, let me go through because we have. Let's pick the best of the comments because we got. Yeah, I don't think we need to read all of them. I know that's. I'm trying to go through and see because there is quite a few. 
uh oh my word there's just quite a lot can any of you pick out any that you think go to that one i never see i can never see all of them um from youtube um victoria b says megan was ready to step in and be used by these people to further their reign and bolster their image to the commonwealth she was willing to be the international brown face for the mission precisely exactly that that is exactly what and so my level of um sympathy only went so far because you know you was prepared to do that um I, I would just actually go on to what Candice has just put that Ofcom is our friend guys and Jane Moore on Loose Women should be next um do you guys want to just do the breaking news then so that we can reflect so, on that so I'm, I'm quickly first saw on the mirror Piers Morgan quits Good Morning Britain after Meghan Markle row. ITV have confirmed Piers Morgan has quit amid complaints about his on-air comments about Meghan Markle. It's basically him rubbishing him rubbishing her mental health um, claims. Because the thing is, what made it makes it worse is that he watched it live with America. So he had the he watched it. So even mm. on the back of what he watched, he still went on this thing tirade, condemning her, saying and ridiculing her and undermining her mental health mental mental health claims. So. Mm -hmm. um, the thing for me, the thing, you know, before we get into this, that he's quit. He's quit. I'm pissed that he wasn't fired. He did it before he was pushed. And yeah. also, we do know that GB News is coming. There's going to be more right wing. Yeah. And um, the 24-hour news service fronted by Andrew Neil, the chairman of The Spectator, and it's going to be right-leaning. Trust me upon everything. Man's going to reappear on GB News. So that's yeah. why I'm like, this is why white men can do shit and fail upwards. So let's see what happens. Unless he gets a real criminal investigation, all that type of stuff. We know what this like. Things get remixed and remixed. He'll lay low for two seconds and he'll come back bigger and better unless there is a real thing to keep him off screen. I don't know. But, but let's, let's not forget that Piers yeah. Morgan was part of a major investigation. He escaped to America, reinvented himself mm. and then came back. Yeah. Let's not forget that. That's the statement says that following discussions with ITV, Piers Morgan has decided that now is the time to leave Good Morning Britain. What that basically, uh, I, in fact, I can't comment. But I, mean, you know, I, I think it means that um, they were going to fire him and he yes. thingy. And also, they probably was going to ask him to apologize and he refused to apologize. Yeah. 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 The, 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 the nail in the coffin for him was the lack of empathy and towards her mental health and yeah. towards the suicide thoughts because. The, you know, I think it's mind have come out and made statements about it. There, yeah. you know, there's a petition out. A lot of things have happened. You can want to trash her as much as you want to trash her. But as I said before, when I was talking, if somebody comes out and talks about the fact that they've got mental health, serious mental health problems, and they're considering suicide, you should not be able to come out. And that, for all we know, that could have ticked her over the edge. That could tip anybody over the edge. If you hear shit like that and you're going through something already, that could tip you over the edge. But, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, the, most definitely they were probably like, you need to apologize, or like, th there was probably a firing gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm not gonna fire you if you leave. Yeah, but for him, I think, I, I don't think it's a given that he will fail upwards, depending on how this is handled. That's what I'm saying. If it actually really does reverberate, and the royal family have to kind of do a bit of an apology tour and maybe like really try and bring in Harry and Meghan, like somehow try and mend this, like PR-wise, like PR uh, amending a uh, family reunion of sorts, then I think Pierce 
will be further pushed to the back. If they do what the Royals generally do and sweep it under the carpet and keep on going, he'll probably, let's say 18 months, he'll be back. Let's, not, let's just clarify, he has left GMB. He has yeah. other things that he is on air. He's left GMB. It, uh, would he, I, I wouldn't be so sure if um, his show, you know, when he does that, this is your life type life of thing. Life stories. Yeah, if that would be back on this year. I think it would be 18 say. months before we kind of yeah, see I, him I, I, again. He needs to lay low for a bit. Do you know yeah, what I mean? That's, that's, the thing. that's basically what he's, he needs to do. Like, I don't think he can, I don't think he can do anything. I think that's the thing. It's like, that's what I mean. Like, it's going to be the lay of the land. Like, everybody, like, from the royal family, we can't predict what's, everyone's doing spin. It's going to be super spin right now. It's going to be super, like, I'm hearing feedback. I'm sorry. Um, it's going to be super spin. Everyone's going to start putting their best foot forward. He'll lay low and be arrogant. For, like, he'll either be quietly arrogant or he's going to go on all the platforms that will welcome him and, and, and be wrong and strong and double down and then get this, you know, do his little Trumpism dance and become that type of person. Because also when you become the, like I said, the pantomime um, bad guy, sometimes that get, helps you get to wherever you need to get to. The only thing, I don't know. I, I, I'm glad he's gone because he had to. Because at that point, yeah, I was about to, because I was going to talk about all the people that had been on Good Morning Britain and who fuel this noise around the royal family and around race and stuff like that. And Pierce is very good at baiting people into talking about race and getting them angry. And as much as I commended, you know, we, you know I commended Shola, Dr. Shola and Gina Yashre and Kalechi speaking so eloquently, so perfectly and bringing that, uh, calling the establish, establishment out. But I also was like, we need to, as black people, preserve our energies because they're using our intelligence, our brilliance, our excellence to be mouthpieces on a situation where if he didn't talk about mental health, like Megan this way, Piers would still be there. So even when he walked off stage, at the point when he did that, walked off stage, walked off this morning, when um, Alex Beresford came for him. Good morning, just, Britain. Good morning, Britain, sorry. Um, I've, I found that pantomimish. I felt like this is all an act. He's back in yeah. the chair only because he it went too far because the mental health thing. Otherwise, he would be back on the screens tomorrow mm -hmm. doing the same thing. So that's why I'm like, I want us as black people to, because even me, myself, I get called to talk about things and all that type of stuff. And, you know, black Oscars so white and stuff like that. And sometimes I have to preserve my energy because you get the phone calls. Oh, can you speak on this? And do you think this and it's racism? And I'm just like, actually, I, it's like I will pick and choose what I say and it's sometimes it could be hypocritical, but sometimes like I feel compelled to talk, but other times I'm like, preserve your energy because they're also using it, especially if they're not really gonna affect change. If they don't really want change. I do think I do think that that they I do think they did well. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. And I I think it was I d um they've spoken to various different people, like the news outlets. So they have like the Royal Advisors in, they have, you know, um, I don't know, like uh, scholars in do you know what I mean that sort of thing as well so I don't I, I think it I think they have helped push the narrative do you know what I mean like I have I think they have helped amplify the narrative so I think as well like I, I don't know if you follow these people and see what they post but from what I know they do pick and choose what they do do you know what I mean kind of thing so I, I don't think it's like you you know I, I think also as well is when when they the producers come to them and say, oh yes, we want you on the show to talk to talk about this. Do you know what I mean? So it, it it's kind of like slim uh, pickings. 
basically. Yeah, I think, I, and I think. I do, I, I do think on this one, I do think that they were the right people for the job, yeah. and they, 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 they just set this ball in motion, and it just goes to show don't. Don't mess with black women. The, the, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was actually their downfall to put free, <laughs> free. Nigerian. I mean, it, it wasn't on this show. Yeah. Let's just downfall. clarify that it wasn't. It no, no, wasn't no, it wasn't on, on the show. They won Sky News, and they yeah, Sh- Dr. Charlotte was on GMB separately yesterday. Yes. And yeah. what what I found, I mean, how many times is it when we're talking and we're passionate about something, we're told, we're shouting, or mm. we're getting angry, or we're being aggressive? She was talking. He was talking. They were talking. The, both of their voices were raised, and she was. And then she was told, "You're shouting," and that's just. And you know, it's just so typical Absolutely. of what happens yeah. to us. It's just. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I, I totally agree. They got. They you know they've been putting on the well the majority of things that we've seen. They've been going for the right people. Whereas sometimes it's like they've just got whoever. I wholly disagree. I, I think that um, I really, it makes me uncomfortable. I, and I understand it's a job for these guys and Dr. Shola as well. And I think she is really good at what she does. But in too many ways, whenever it's about race, I feel that black women are used to do the work and yeah. really that emotional labor that goes into it. And Kalechi said it herself that she needed to take a hiatus from this because yes. it was triggering her. And it's that when I see it, I am like, ah, oh, they said all the points. Then afterwards, I'm like, I know that hurts your heart because yeah. we've gone through this too many times. And really in regards to Megan and the Royal family, I wanted to see either mixed race people or mothers and fathers with mixed race children talking about this and yeah. how, it has affected their kids' life and their life actually being able to have a ringside seat in racism and being able to watch it because it's a white problem. And we're always having black people battling for this and it needs to be a discussion with sane white people who are speaking to people that suffer from white pathology about their racism and not black women, and it generally is black women, being peddled out to really do the emotion, the emotional labor on this, and yeah, it, w- it was done well. Th- this time, it was a kind of a win, but still, it's like, what is the mental health toll that it's doing on us, and what does it do to shift anything? Because it's still a black yeah. woman going in there. You, you, like, sum, I think, you I think it, up. it needs to open up. I think the the range of discussing and um, addressing white pathology needs to be done by white people. It they does. need to start doing the work and talking to each other and, and not dressing it up because saying white supremacy to me is a part of the same shit. It's still a part of racism. The, the thought pattern isn't supreme in any way, shape or form. It's because yeah. you literally have an insane amount of fear is why you are trying to hold other people back that don't look like you. That's pathology. That's a psychosis. It's mm. not supremacy at all. Yeah. So even that, it's like we have to remove this language that still puts yeah. them on a on a pedestal. It's really just I just think to get to the nitty-gritty of it, there needs to be a way to just cut through the trash and they need to talk to each other. This is something that we need to sort out. It's damaging us. I, it's I damaging hear us you. and it's damaging I, the world. I wholeheartedly hear you. I don't think that they're going to because 
you see examples like what happened with Charlene White. Do you know what I mean? That's exact. Like that is an exact example. Can you explain what happened with talking the about? You can see it. Yeah, sorry, I was going to. Um, so yeah, basically, so as as Auntie Farah alluded to in the beginning as well, Charlene White is there talking. They're talking about on Loose Women um, on ITV as well. <laughs> they're talking about <laughs> Megan and Harry and um, talking about Archie's skin tone. Um, whether you know which royal said uh, it's going, you know, it could potentially there was concern that it was going to be too dark. And the I don't know her name. Is it Janet? I don't know. Yeah, Janet? No. Jane. Jane, sorry. She uh, basically said that maybe, you know, maybe it was casually, they said it in a casual way. So it was casually racist. Like, that's a thing. Like, seriously. Like, I, that, that, like I'm not even saying that it's not a thing. It's not a good thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make it better because it's casual. Do you know what I mean? Like, like are you a donut? And she's saying it straight face looking into Charlene's eyes like but but surely what I'm saying makes sense no no darling and and to be honest Charlene had you know she's a professional she had all the grace in the world you know and she's lucky that it was Charlene that she was speaking to do you know what I mean because another person would not be having that at all in uh in a you know respectfully they just wouldn't be having that so I just think like this is what, and I, and I guess that this is uh, part of the conversation about the um, identifying with the gaslighting. This is part of it as well, kind of thing. Oh no, it couldn't have been as bad as what you, you're saying. It was just said in a casual way. Maybe they didn't mean it. All the excuses in the world. And it's just like, you're not even opening your mind to anything. Do you know what I mean? You're making excuses. They don't want to hear it because they don't think there's anything wrong. And like Auntie Nanny says, <laughs> it is a psychosis. It's the psychosis of whiteness. That's what it is, and until they address that, it's not gonna. It's it's not it's not gonna happen. So sometimes you do need other people to cut through for them to hear it, or or for the message to be so strong and so loud for it to be like, oh, actually, I need to. I can't actually um, justify my thought process. Do you know what I mean? Like El Elman Holmes, or whatever his name, saying, I just don't like her, I don't know why. Because yeah. you're fucking racist. That's yeah. why. Just admit it. Just say what it is. And then I think if people just owned it, at least we'll have a better playing field. It's just this constant deception, this constant, that is what is exhausting, like pretense, this constant pretense that we have to play this game, that you didn't mean what you said, you didn't act that way because, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just... I'm ranting a bit now, but yeah, no, it's, it's frustrating. It's, this is the thing, this is the emotional labor that is taking our toll. And that's what we were saying on um, all of us that um, even watching it and having that realization that this shit is real, like the firm, the establishment, there's no way out. You've got people that are in a cult. You've even got people that you think are rich and protected and white. And so their privileges on top that this is what it is, but they're not protected. It's, it, the realization of that this is the matrix and this is it's like emperor's new clothes and there's no it seems seemingly no way out and we're ha never having this never ending conversation that's a frustration that's labor and that's scary and it's it takes its toll on people and i think it's dangerous and then you have the pantomime people that play the parts um i just have to mention her and i hope i never talk to talk about her again but i just want to go on record of condemning this woman's attempt to be the uk's version of candace owens Nana Aquia, who has my oh, you've got to say her name. Oh, so, like you two. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck? You've got her name. So, Nana Aquia, 
You got my name, and I reject you in every angle, every position. I, you're not Ghanaian. I don't believe it. I just at least let's do a DNA test and a heritage roots test. You must be from somewhere else. She's not black. Which, well, whatever the case is, I don't want to. You can be black. But no, she not, can't be black. No, she is she so. Because like, she's not African. African. So Ghanaian. Her features are so Ghanaian. I know. It's it's upsetting. Upsetting. You, can't, you can't even try and pass oh, her. Right. She has everything. I want to take her, her and Virgil Abloh to sit down and have a conversation on a little island on their own together. Because listen, stop that. Stop it. Nana, like, like seriously, Nana, Nana, Jai Wai. Jai Wasem, Wati. Impair Wasem. I've been using my broken tree to <laughs> to you. Catch tear me, Sam. Tear. Jai Wasem, why? Jai. Um, Basically, I'm so angry. That's my full name. Nana Aquia Pakia Jamfi is my name. Remove the Nana Aquia. Go by, get yourself an English. Like, why are you even using the Ghanaian name to be out here? Graceful why? authenticity. Like, she's, she's, like, she's, damn you, damn you, damn you. And then, you know, her son's called Ivory. Your son's what? called Ivory. Did you not hear that bit? Yeah, yeah I didn't hear. And I was what? like, what is this? Like, this is, this is psychotic again. Do you know what I mean? Like you for for maybe for survival or you're just brainwashed in some sort of way, but this it just needs to stop. Like honestly, it's damaging. And I do think like overall, I do think that what they've done to Harry is just sending a very very strong message that it doesn't yeah. matter how light or bright your blackness is. Yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not going to be accepted. That's that's basically the bottom line. That's that's the message that they're sending the to the British public and peers is just feeding into that. So I, yeah. I totally agree with the pantomime aspect of that. He's so righteous in what he's saying that he has to quit because what he's saying is, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is let's let's not forget over the weekend, and I can actually talk about this now because he's quit, but um over the weekend, let's not forget that he uh tweeted that the, the abuse that he's receiving online right. yeah. is disgusting yeah. and offensive and it's getting worse and worse and worse. Bruv, the abuse you're receiving, are you okay? <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? I just, yeah, I, just, I despair. But yeah. You know he wouldn't see anything wrong with that. He, he would be like, oh, I'm absolutely justified to talk about what, what's been happening to me. It's, it's ludicrous. Yeah. Like when we, we've had an era of Trump and that people that blindly listen and agree with Trump, you know, it's like that he's talking crap to you, but you're still going to, there was, I mean, tangent, there was, um, Melania was trending the other day because there's a pastor, an, an American, a white American evangelical pastor who went onto one of those national platforms preaching, saying that women should do better and not let themselves go. And they should become more like trophy wives, like Melania, the great Melania. They should be slim and representative, more like Melania. This, but he, so he had to take a quit. He had to quit. Also, he was suspended or take a break from his role. Another one of those type of things. And there was this, uh, I think she was a Hispanic American pundit who said, Melania is an American hero and she's a role model. And it's like, why are we, why are these people, why are we allowed? Because as the, um, uh, as um, Harry and Meghan said on uh, speaking to Oprah, that the, 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 the royal family at the mercy of the press, that's why they didn't want to speak out because they didn't want the press to turn on them. Why has the press got so much power to, to, or are allowed, this is what doesn't make sense, is you're allowed to talk shit, you're allowed to tell lies, you're allowed, Pierce, you, I'm about to say Pierce Brosnan, sorry Pierce Brosnan, Ooh. Pierce Morgan was allowed to sit on national, after watching that, 
and go onto the screen and, and then make it seem like Megan literally said the Queen's a bitch, fuck her, and all. She never said nothing of the sort. And as Auntie Farah said, she was they were both gracious at all times about the Queen. But if you watched Piers Morgan and never watched it again that evening, you would have gone on a different tangent to what was said. And that's why is the media allowed? Why are we here? Why are we here? But that is why I said I feel as though someone got a different feed to what we had. Maybe they watched something different. But you've got to remember as well, there's a lot of people who will never actually watch this. Yeah, They will just take what they've the heard headlines. From, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, from the headlines. And then they'll make their opinion based on the headlines. You know, we've had people come out and say, I don't like Megan. And then when you say to them, well, why don't you like Megan? Oh, I don't know. I just don't like her. You know, so, I read this about her. You have one story about Megan being pregnant and patting her belly. You have another story about Kate being pregnant and patting her belly. And they're both told in so completely different ways. People were coming for them because she came out and she told her truth about what who actually cried in that incident. Yeah. She came out and she said, I was actually the one that was made to cry. I would never have exposed about six months after the wedding. I, you know. I, I still didn't say anything about it then. I thought that it would be corrected. It wasn't corrected. They've come for her because she's saying it now. She's allowed to say it now. She's allowed to say it because that is the truth. Rather than people focusing on the fact of, oh, how come the person who actually made the other person cry isn't being looked at? Because, you know, there was a the whole victim thing and Megan's the aggressor. How come that hasn't been reversed now that we know the truth? Instead, it's like she should have kept her mouth shut. Why is she talking about it? Because she can now. It's just excuses. And I think one of the things that Megan said, I can't remember if it was the main, main show or one of the other clips, but she said rude and racist are not the same. And that's just the bottom line. Do you know what I mean? If people could understand that simple concept, they would, do you know what I mean? It would just, it would just be a major shift. Mm. It would just be a major shift, man. Seriously. And just, and just for just to bring it up for bringing up sake, those four supposedly royal experts who went on that fake show before <laughs> yeah. the aired. I want to, I, I didn't even get the notes. If anyone can get the notes while I'm talking, but the, the, the four royal correspondents and yeah. it's supposed to be experts, the guy, um, the white guy who does like, I think- Two editors of yeah. the royal, what is it? The, the majesty paper, whatever, the magazine, yeah. two yeah. experts. Right, there's supposed to be royal experts. They hadn't watched the documentary, but were pre-recording sound bites in reaction. And the guy was baited, the, the white guy, he does this prank, he's got this prank YouTube channel. So basically he presented himself as a production company Got these four, and this, the show hadn't aired in America or the UK, but he got these. They got these four experts to respond to the documentary that they hadn't watched. And these guys, in confidence, who have actually been on our, all our TV shows, all our news shows as experts, willingly, complicitly gave sound bites to something they hadn't seen. Now, this is how you know we are living in the Truman Show, The Matrix, <laughs> Empress New Clothes, Pleasantville. All of the freaking fakeries. Mm. This is all lies. You had experts. You get they come on royal expert, and you freaking did a pre-record of something you hadn't seen condemning Megan. Uh, can wow. I just read this right. comment um, from yeah. Ray? <laughs> what type of woman lets another woman go through all that and not speak up? Kate, if the apology was sincere, she would have said or done something. And really, that to me was another highlight. Was yeah. her really exposing Kate because I knew that chick was a bitch. But that is such a classic white colleague thing to do. Yes. It's just kind of, you know, when everything has gone yeah. poof, and you're the one that's yeah. everyone's coming at and they're just there like, mm, no, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm not going to no. say nothing. Nobody you know, at me. You know, oh. Kate, Kate was fed. Kate was watching. 
Harry, caress and hug and go, you right, babe, to hold hands, hold hands, express love. And her cold, empty soul of her husband's like, <laughs> not even paying her half the, not even a quarter. Of she popping up bubbies, trying to keep him and like keep him injured. No, by force you're on the, on the track. Listen. She was said, I, I, I would suspect that there's, there's stuff going on with Kate as well. So if, there's, if there is any lashing out, I'm not even saying that there is because they do like to pit women against each other. Do you know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Then I think that it's, been, it's probably been manipulated in some sort of way. And yeah. just as Megan was saying that, you know, and Harry was saying that they can't speak out. So maybe, maybe Kate felt the same pressures as not speaking out. And she doesn't have like really, she doesn't really have an escape, right? No, she can't go anywhere. Because really and truly, she is queen. She's supposed to be queen. queen, right? She's to be queen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then, yeah she, You're right. right. She can't do anything. Um. So, I, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't. I just want to be balanced in. Me too. Because, like yeah. Megan said as well, you don't have to hate Kate to like her, and yeah. you don't have to hate her to like Kate. Mm -hmm. The same way that you know. Again, there's the firm and there's the family. Don't think that there's not people in front of Kate telling her some shit too. There yeah. definitely 100% is. Kate's not, you know, allowed to say much, is she? Let's face it. Think, and although she might, gone. although she might, you know, um, be in a much better position because the family did come to, the family or the firm did come to her aid and nip some horrible stories in the bud pretty quickly as far as yeah. she's concerned. Like, but how much negative press does she get now? Not that's Kate's fault, is it? I mean, that's, 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 no, that's, that's what establishment that's chooses. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. What it's the family like, versus the, the firm. Yeah, so. so what I'd like to say is then, okay, cool. So Kate's stressed, yeah, but I think what she thought was like, she'll get someone in, an ally. Oh my God, but then she saw that Megan was free. So I think she might have lashed out in, in involuntarily. Her emotions got the better of her and she lashed out on Megan because she thought she had an ally. Misery loves company. But I understand she's also under pressure because she can't have anything gone against her because she's going to be queen. And it's a lot for her. So I get it. I'll give you that, Kate. Bueno. Boy. But this is what I'm saying. It's just that the this you you can have sympathy on a humanistic level. To be yeah. honest, at the same time, we pay for you. Do you right. know what I mean? We pay for your whole existence. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like do better. <laughs> I just I just want to catch up on or touch on uh, on what Auntie Shade said about Megan's father. We've all said this before. He is the biggest waste of space ever. You know, in in I, I can't remember now. I'm getting my bits confused. Whether or not it was, I think it was an unseen clip. Yeah, it was. It was one of the unseen clips where the, um, Oprah asked her about her father and that relationship, and she said, "I have being a parent now. I can't imagine wanting to do anything that would harm your child." You know, she's obviously she spoke about the fact that the press hounded him. They moved in next door, and yeah, you can get that. But then she contrasted that by saying, "They did the same to my mother, and my mother's remained in silent dignity." That, you know, <laughs> she also in the unseen clip talked about her her sister. I'm not going to say what they call it because I hate that shit. But she talked about her sister and the fact that in like 28 years she's seen her sister twice. But this is a person mm -hmm. that wants to write and and in 28 years she's seen her twice and they didn't have a relationship be between before that. But this is a person who gets rolled out as some sort of expert on yeah. this. You know, it, it's just. All levels of pantomime, like everybody else has said. It's like the Zamundan news and coming to America too. 
Trevor Noah. I don't think you Trevor Noah. I love Trevor Noah. There's a couple more comments coming. Shall I go through them quickly? Yeah, let's get some comments. Okay. All right. So I will start with Ray's one. Um, um, I instantly recognize this from Office Politics. I have owned up to something I didn't do so that I wouldn't have to defend myself from um, fallacious allegations. It's tough out out here for black women, full stop. Anyone who argues with that has another agenda. And Claudia says, the firm is the family. They are a business. Now, I think the firm runs the family. I think there was a, there was levels to it. Yeah. And um, Sistrin says, Auntie um, Sade, I disagree. I think that if Kate was sincere in her apology and Megan felt it, it she would not have mentioned it and called her out. If she knew that Kate was still in her corner, um, but she's Aww. not. That's a no. Um, we have um, Wastad and her dad is a nasty piece of work. All right, guys, this is a big one. It's not going to go away. We do have to move on. Thank you for your contribution. I'm going to actually have fun reading back through the comments. Yeah. It was a doozy. It was a doozy. Um, okay. So let's move on to aunties know best, because we do know best. And I always have the disclaimer, we know best, but you take our advice with a pinch of salt, because we know best, but then you don't, it might not be best for you. So we're giving you advice on things. Take it as you want it. So aunties know best. Who's got a problem that needs to be resolved? I have. Okay, was I'm, get, I'm getting mine. I've got one. I've got one. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Okay. All right. This is one from the internet. Okay. A few days ago, I met a guy. We are both in. Oh, have I read this one to you guys? Sorry, I read this one. This is another one. Okay. Okay, ladies, me and a friend was arguing about who was more wrong in this scenario. No, I haven't read this to you. Okay. Why did you cheat on a husband? <laughs> I just had to go through it quickly because it's kind of similar to one I've done before. But I thought you paused. <laughs> why chief cheats on a husband multiple times and every time she writes about it in her diary. One day the husband finds her diary and reads it he finds out that she's been unfaithful. The husband shows the wife the diary and basically says he knows you've been cheating. But she has got really upset because he invaded her privacy by reading her diary. Mind you, the diary is locked um, and has a small lock, which she has the key, meaning he had to break into the diary to read it. Who do you guys feel is more wrong? Auntie Farah. Let's do a scale, okay? Cheating is very, very high. <laughs> and reading someone's diary is not as high. It's not. It's just not as high. Yes, it's an invasion of privacy, but you know what this is like? <laughs> this, this is like when um, certain people on certain shows were saying, but who said it? We need to know who said it. It's you're taking away the focus of the actual point. The point is you are in a marriage and you slept with somebody else. You made a vow to your husband and you slept with somebody else. You have been unfaithful. 
that is the bigger, the larger thing. You need to address why you were unfaithful. You need to discuss that with your husband. You need to maybe try and get some um, some some uh, counselling about you know where you're going to go forward. That the issue is not that he invaded your privacy. He invaded your privacy probably because he could feel that something was going on and he was getting no information for, from you. That's probably why he did it. There's obviously a massive, massive. Um, what's the word, issue within your own relationship, and that needs to be addressed. You, I'm sorry, darling, I, I don't care that he read your diary. I don't. Because if the role was reversed and you put a tracker on his car or you looked in his phone, people would be praising you. So, no, I, you, you don't get nothing from me. If, if Unless he's an abusive husband and you've done that. That's the only caveat. Andy Shadow. Yeah. Uh... I think you can have um, more than one narrative at a time. They're both wrong. I don't think. I don't think it depends what's in the diary to know how severe it can be. Do you know what I mean? I know he's discovered the cheating, but it depends what else is in there. It's an invasion of privacy. Um, there's betrayal on both sides, kind of thing. You don't know if he's pushed her to cheat. I don't know. I say that. <laughs> Uh, but it happens. Uh, so yeah. So I think I think yeah. I don't know if you can compare because essentially you're comparing two people's pain, and I don't think you can necessarily do that. I think that it's, it's, it's personal to you. I think on the surface it could be easy to say one is more could be more painful, or more thingy than the other. But overall, I don't know, man. Seriously, it's a violation. But they're both violations. They're both violations. I mean, my first reaction is, what's wrong with you? Are you a murderer that's leaving trophy clues? Like, what's wrong with you? Like a serial killer, like, I'm going to leave at least a piece of hair and clues so the detective can find it. Why the hell are you writing about your escapades in a diary? Like, you're, you're, I mean, you have every right to put in your diary what you want to put in your diary, but it's like you wanted to be caught. Was it? It's like you wanted to be caught. You didn't know how to admit stuff's going wrong, so you left it in a diary. And diaries are so are so tempting so 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 tempting to anybody and where are you hiding in the marriage like i used to write a diary religiously the minute i i think i had a child and then she got i not that she would necessarily read it but it's just the minute you have people in your space it's you have to rethink about where you leave it where you hide it and the effort it takes to hide it and put it it just becomes a lot so i just stopped writing a diary because i have to start hiding it now when i could leave it in my own space when i was on my own so i just um but it doesn't excuse, it's a violation. And I think Auntie Shadow is right. It's a violation on both sides. You can't equate who was hurt more. I did, I did say it's a violation on both. I did say okay. they're both okay. wrong. I didn't say she's not, he's not in the wrong. I, I just said. No, no, you didn't say that. I never mentioned you. No, 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 I'm just clarifying my statement. That's what. Oh yeah, no, I didn't. I, I was just saying, cause Shadow was the last person to speak. So I just re reacted to that. So yeah, um, yeah, I just think, um, why are you cheating? Have some communication. I feel like you're cheating and you put it in a diary because you wanted to get caught so that someone can read it and then be like, okay, this is the fallout. I think you, 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 it's, a, it's a cry for help. Or you're a bit of a psychopathic murderer type person and you like to leave clues and this is fun for you, like a game. But also, why are you reading her diary? Did you have suspicions? Why are you so nosy? Also, we're we reading her diary for you. It's like, just talk. You're like, you're bait, isn't it? Aren't you, Nana? <laughs> Um, yeah, no, you guys covered it all. I, I, I kind of lean more with Auntie Sade that both of them are violations. I don't really think one 
is worse than the other because all right so she may have the cheating in there but also there could have been like a real stream of thoughts or her own like desires that were really private and he's invaded that space that she had created for herself so in the same way but again there's a thing about cheating so actually I feel like um I feel like actually the diary was a bigger violation because this is my thoughts on cheating. I think it has less to do with the partner and more to do with the person that they are seeking more for themselves and that's why they've gone outside. So maybe this would allow some people to release the burden of if you've been cheated on, I think it really it is it shouldn't be so much like I did something wrong or they violated me. I think it's more like it was on the person that was doing the cheating. It's it's their thing not the other person's thing. So it's not, it's not on the husband, it's on the woman. But him going into her private thought space is a violation because that is personally hers. She has created it. Now her using her vagina with another penis has nothing to do with the husband. That actually hasn't violated your space because she didn't get somebody to penetrate you. She was penetrated herself. But you took yourself and violated her private space. Wait, wait, hold on, pause. Pause and pause, period. Yeah, pause. yeah. Pause. I'm going to make it America to get on your nose. Um, no, because it, it's, it's violating the sanctity of their relationship. <laughs> no, 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 you tried it, Nana. That was a good defence. You tried it. Literally, I saw you working on the spot. Your brain was... <laughs> It's not, no, no, it's a violation of their sanctity of their relationship. It's a violation, no matter what. It doesn't make it, yes, but I do think people, yes, taking when someone cheats and taking all the blame, making it feel making you feel insecure because it is to do with the person and why they're cheating. But also, it could be that you, what you're doing in the in the relationship is not good enough. It doesn't mean that it doesn't justify the act or whatever, whatever communication, communication. But you could be the person in the relationship that's not giving the person that stepped out all they need. So that. It is. It could be to do with you why they're stepping out, not excusing it. It is a violation of the relationship. You're violating what we agreed upon. Don't freaking cheat on me, innit? it? Violating me. Don't try it. And also, but yes, invading the private thoughts. But it also is that thing. It's uh, why are you writing. Do you know what? I don't know. Put it on a computer. Lock it away like that. Maybe that's a bit easier because you have your secret password than having it in a book that can be found. Because diaries are so tempting, as I said. So. Yeah, let's boy man. <laughs> you try. Yeah, you know, remembering, I think it's Goodfellas where the, there's one of the gangsters and he mm. writes everything down in like a diary and keeps like all notes, and then the police use it against him. Like that, that's what she did. That's what she did. <laughs> and also, why don't you have like an online diary that you can, you know, that's what I'm saying. You see yourself. Do it on your computer. Lock it away. Yeah. A password. It's that, that's it. Book diaries are so temp. I remember. Uh, I used to read. Yeah, she may like it. I remember. Used yeah. to like Maybe it's part of the process. Some yeah. people like yeah. writing though, like getting that's, it out. That's yeah, very that's true. true. Yeah, she's allowed. You're allowed. You can do what you want, but you wrote your whole true confessions. You're a murderer. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Um, let's get the comments. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Ronald says he must have suspected something or heard something that probably that's probably why he broke into the diary. And Ray said she she cheated and wrote about it. Who is Boo Boo the fool? <laughs> Ronald says keeping the diary is like a man who keeps a list of his conquests. 
Ray says, I hear you, Nana, but that was one hell of a reach. And Queer uh, uh, says, Auntie Nana was overreaching, but this couple sound like they like drama. And Aquia goes on to say she probably wasn't even having an affair. She wanted to make him jealous. I bet she kept it in her top drawer. She wanted to be found to cry for help. Let's <laughs> Maybe it's foreplay. Maybe they like having angry sex. This is another yeah, story. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, I've got one. It's okay, another yeah. internet one. So um, my white co... This is internet one, like I said. My white co-worker, who I considered a friend, used the word nigger. And um, rather than taking responsibility, he passed out and we had to call an ambulance. Oh, yeah. I remember nothing. <laughs> what? He claims to remember nothing. Because I am love and I am grace, I held this white man's hands as he got checked by the paramedics. They couldn't find anything wrong with him. Now I look at him blowing up my phone and saying, I can't remember anything. Did I really say that? How would you guys address this situation if it was to happen to you? Auntie Nana, I don't even understand the situation. Auntie Nana. so, so he said nigger like it slipped out. Maybe and we should say the N word. In order anyway. to not confront yeah, sorry, he said the N word, sorry, because I do actually oh, hate it. I was just reading. And he so said the N word. He fainted. On, uh, you know what? I would probably find this flipping hilarious, honestly. Um, she was good sitting there holding his hand. I would just find it so funny that this was your reaction to the word. Like you went through all of this big fanfare. That is like, oh, I, I would love for that to happen in front of me. I think that is the funniest situation I could find myself in. But that's really random. I'd think the person's mad. <laughs> that's the only thing. It's like you're, you're mad. Like you you pretended to faint because you said the N word. That and is... what would you do afterwards when they come back to work? Like, how would you, <laughs> what would you do? I'm going to carry on laughing at you. I'm going to tell everybody that, let's call him Phil, Phil pretended to faint because he said the n-word in front of me and he couldn't handle what my reaction may have been he pretended to faint and i'd go around everywhere phil pretended to faint fainting phil that's i'd make him a t-shirt Auntie Shade. um yeah i saw this one <laughs> i think he also pretended that he he didn't remember anything as well um afterwards so um yeah. I mean, I mean, it's pro- probably a bit obvious. I'm, I'm going to HR. <laughs> is it, is it, if you're right and the paramedic says nothing's wrong with you, I'm going to HR and we're going to reenact the scenario. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What actually happened? Kind of thing. He needs to be reprimanded because otherwise you're going to think that it's, uh, what do you call it? That, that's okay. Like, or, you know, like that, that's the way to get out of things. It really reminds me of like, you know, um, I've been in personal situations where, you know, something wild is said by a white woman and then there's tears. What are you crying for? I'm the victim here. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's, it's the same kind of scenario, but uh, maybe just a funnier one. Do you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, you're still going to HR, mate. Like, well done, Oscar, for you. But <laughs> you're going to HR. <laughs> there's no two ways about it. 
I, 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 yeah, I'd be incredulous. I'd be like, you said it though, fam. You said it and you failed. I didn't, I didn't cry, I didn't flinch. I was ready to prepare to whatever my response would be. You fainted and then you got paramedic, you got all the attention pushed to you. And I'm the black person who's heard this insult, this racial slur of my ancestors and history and everything. And you fainted, you fainted. And I, I'm gonna stand and hold your hand. Already know I'm squeamish anyway, so you faint. Whoa, call somebody, I'm off, because I'm not dealing with, I'm not hold, holding, when, what did she say, I'm all, I'm about love? No, sorry sis, I'd be like, if any of my people came and said I held their hand, I'd be like, come on, don't, what kind of nonsense is that? How dare you hold their hand through this? I'm not saying don't be concerned as human compassion to compassion, but you don't need to be the person holding the hand. Where were you, in the office? Someone else would have been around. Hand it over to that person, whilst as Auntie Shirley said, let's go to HR. I'm out to HR. You deal with this situation. Hope she don't, they don't die. But we know it's a fake thing, isn't it? It's, a, you know, it's not real. You were fainted, and if you did faint, it's because you was you realized what you did, and you knew that one, you're gonna get fired. Your white privilege can't save you because you said it blatantly out wherever you said it, and um, you're gonna be labeled a racist. And you know that makes people white people very very scared when they get called a racist. It makes their insides explode, and then they can't deal with life, and they get you know that they get white noise. So. I'm not going to be there to hold your hand through it. I'm out. Um, you're an idiot. Afterwards, coming back to work, I don't even know what I, what's their relationship before. Were they work buddies? All that type of stuff. I don't know. I can never take she you. Said she considered him a friend. So, uh, see, this is very difficult. I, uh, it's very difficult because you can at work. It's so very easy to be black panther. Yeah, yeah. But when everyday working with someone and you you you, you do relate to people, it is it is what it is. So I would find it, I don't know how I would deal with that person afterwards. I wouldn't take you seriously. I don't know if I could be, because why did you say it? Why did you feel compelled to say it? So that means I look at you differently. And I just think naturally, we're not going to talk again. Just naturally, I can't sit next to you and say, yeah, so Phil, what what, what, what did you do? I can't, because in my mind, you fainted because you said a word that you shouldn't have said. So you were conscious enough, knowing it was bad. Then you acted, then you caused the whole drama It came onto you. And we're supposed to come back not next Tuesday and chill and have sandwiches together. Not happening. It's just going to be a quiet, silent disacknowledgement from me and you can do it. And you're going to be going, to be going red every time you see me and all that stuff. It's going to be too much. Let's leave it. I'm over there with my people reconnecting with my other brothers and sisters in the room. Like, oh, phew, I saved myself, get out. I got out um, and that's it. Do you want to get the comments or Auntie Nana, what you got to say? I've got to say, hello. Seriously, man, no, no, you got to You got to stop it, you got to stop it. I'm going to make that case Morgan and leave. You know what, it's my eyesight as well. I don't know why I keep doing it, I never used to. You stop it. I know, sorry. It's a matter because you do it when we're the other way. So you've I got to stop it. Why? Because I feel like I'm going to go there and then come back to you. I don't know why. Sorry, my bad, my bad, my bad. Anywho, <laughs> I was going to say tick, tick, tick to all three of your comments because I totally agree. I'm going to HR. when Once he's in the ambulance, I'm going to HR and I'm saying, this happened. When he comes back and we find out that no, he, there was nothing wrong with him, and he's back at work. I'm gonna laugh at him. I'm gonna say, "Bro, can you believe that you fainted because you couldn't accept that you said the N word? Because you know you faked that, isn't it? That, that, that that's Oscar winning, isn't it? Like you fainted, but there was nothing wrong with you. Or have you actually had yourself checked out now that you fainted? Because people don't just faint, do they? Do you want to go and get some help and find out what's going on with you? And also, you know, you know that you can't be using that word, don't you? I mean, I know you know because you fainted. 
So do you not want to get some help? Do you need some water? Do you want some water? Are you going to faint again? Oh, what's going to happen to you? I think that's how I would deal with it. But I would definitely, definitely go to HR because that's letting that slip. And then he might feel comfortable. Oh, I got away with it one time. I might try to say it, slip it in again, test the waters out. She never said nothing to me once I said it. She actually looked after me when, you know, when I said the word. But yeah, I, I've had have conversations with people at work and I've had to say to them, these are, these are white people that listen to rap music. And I've had to say to them, you cannot say that word. And I don't care if it's in the lyric, you cannot say that word. And they're like, but it's in the thing. And like you say it, yeah. But I don't personally, but I get what you mean. Black people can say it. You can't say it, it's offensive. And it doesn't matter in what context, say the N word. That's what you say, or say fuck all. Don't, you can't say it, that's it. There's certain things that people can't say about other races, and that's one of them. It's, you actually said the words, take care of. I'm going to take care of you in your moment of fake knees. Get out of here. Get out of here. All right, we've got a couple of comments. Um, we have, queer says, now I've heard it all, white fragility on speed. Wow, wow, wow. Ronald says, exactly. Auntie Sade, HR, here we come. And Ray says, handing that, that over, no. Handing that over to recover from for comment and consider my next approach. That's some bullshit. Um, and a queer says, you see how he turned it around. He called her the N-word, got her to look after him. And now he can't remember. Wow, psychosis on display. Ronald says, maybe Piers should have collapsed. <laughs> Imagine if he did. Imagine. Oh, no, honestly, I'm going to hold that one in my back pocket. I can't lie, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's a super move. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yes. <laughs> and you can imagine, like, they said it and then they looked shocked that it slipped out because they were thinking it, but they didn't mean to say it. And now what are they going to do? They're not going to apologise. They're just going to faint and claim amnesia because who can who can question you if you say you've got amnesia? In actual fact, they can't question them anyway because you're not really allowed to talk about someone's health if they say that they don't feel comfortable discussing it. It's yeah. It's I forgot the extra bit that you said. They claimed amnesia afterwards. Yeah, so they're yeah they said they can't remember anything. Relive the situation. What did I say? No, you said this, but I can't. No, yeah. they were blowing up her phone basically saying i can't remember what happened did i you know did i say this i can't remember no you know what well you know when you like over say something you know when again murderers you know when the murderers turns up at the scene to help the police like hello how can i help and like they try and be over helpful then when the investigation's done they're like you know the man he was the one that turned up with teas and biscuits like the first day of the and the police search it was that guy that's you that's the murder that's the guy murderer Oh, and I just read Candice's. Um, she says, I've been on holiday with someone who tried that. They didn't say the N-word, but one glass of Prosecco gave them racist, loose, thin lips. <laughs> this one, this one drink gave them loose lips and amnesia. All right, let's quickly move on because we, we, we really did spend time and we've got to wrap up. But quickly for the culture. We might have to come back to this, but for me, oh, for the culture, by the way, where we get into the social topics of the world and what's going on in our community and what's making us chat, gossip and catch joke. So my thing is, basically, I had a conversation with a friend and he was saying that Clubhouse, 
for those of you who are on it, has been taken over by independent feminist black women who are stifling the voices of black men. By me black men now cannot speak when they when there's rooms run by women. They literally, we have control now where if you're a man and you're not gonna come correct, you're not coming up on stage, you're not talking, we are now shutting down the nonsense. That's what's um, the consensus among, black, uh, among some black men about how Clubhouse has been overrun by feisty, feisty, independent black women, feminists. And also, he also added that he wants to hear, talk about us renaming ourselves kings and queens and addressing ourselves as kings and queens. And he said, in line with what he was saying about Clubhouse, he's found that when men say, my queen, again, these independent <laughs> feminist black women are like, don't call me queen, that's patronizing. And I was like, what do you guys think? First of all, for those of you who do use Clubhouse, I don't want to um, isolate anyone who doesn't use it, but it's just like any kind of debate space is being taken over apparently by strong voiced black women who are not having it for nonsense men or any men of any kind. Um, what do you feel about that? The shift in power possibly and shifting the control of the conversation possibly. And also, do you think it's time we look at how we address each other? Should we be calling ourselves kings and queens because his thing is like, it, he thinks it's it will be amazing for our younger kids to hear, for our children to hear us addressing ourselves as such. And it also, it would be amazing for white people to hear us addressing ourselves as kings and such and come, come with some respect for that. Discuss in like five minutes, guys. <laughs> Auntie Farah. Nice. Auntie Farah first. Auntie Farah. I'm sorry, Auntie Farah. No, you, it's not a problem with you coming to me first. It's a problem <laughs> that you forget me if I'm last. Yeah. Let's just clarify. I'm turning you into first. No, as I said, you when when it's my turn to go first, you remember. Yeah, she's far as far as I'm trying to apologize. Thank you. Okay, yeah. Whatever. Said it wrong, but yeah. I'm struggling to find what the problem is with women saying no. That's bullshit. If that what he said is that women in clubhouse are calling out men who are coming with nonsense. What what's the problem no, with them doing that? It's not just some kind of it's more like they're not giving men the room to express because anything they say, you're being hypocritical, you're being so it might not even be it's like because it, the expanded conversation is men are losing their position in the world and they don't know they're feeling insecure, they don't know what to be, how to be, who to be, and we, they're being dominated by women who are like you're not you're uh, not poor men, here we go again, having to get our boob out and fucking breastfeed them. Oh poor poor potting. Oh it's all about like how many how many times must must we jeopardize our own self and our you know for them? Like they, they don't do it back to us. Do, do they support us? Like we support them constantly. Not all men, obviously, but do you know what I'm saying? The minute that we start to get into a space where we are becoming, um, what's the word, powerful and less about the bullshit and calling shit out, there's a problem. Oh, I don't know how to be a man anymore because you're being such a hard feminist woman. Like, I, I, again, you clarified, I'm still struggling to find out what the problem is. Because when you are on platforms chatting shit about women daily, What's the issue? No one says anything to you. Or if they do, you say that we're angry black women or angry women or we've got a problem or, you know. So, again, no, I just don't. And how then try and say, about, go on. How do you feel about being called queen? Listen, I don't mind being called a queen, but I don't know if I want to be called a queen only. But I don't, I don't, I think, we're all. what do I say? I say queens support queens. I say that all the time. Like, I don't, I don't mind being called a queen. I don't think it's patronising. So it, 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 yeah, I don't know. It's, 
it doesn't bother me, is what I'm saying. Auntie Shadow. Okay. Um, the first thing I thought was just like fragile masculinity. Like, honestly, like, I, d I don't understand why women talking is a threat to you. Like, it just shouldn't be a threat um, at all. And also, as well, if you don't feel comfortable, then there are male spaces. Most spaces are generally male spaces anyway. Do you know what I mean? So I just don't, I just don't really get that. I think, um, yeah, I think, I think in terms of being called a queen, it de it really depends. You know, it depends because most of the time when I hear it, I feel like it's a trap. It's a trap. But you you are putting your expectations of what you want me to be as a black woman pushed upon me. Do you know what I mean? So there's connotations that kind of come with that, like you know, to be like some sort of earth mother that is so balanced and and um, nurturing and all of these things kind of thing. And women just don't, especially black, you know, every woman actually, we don't all show up the same. We just don't, do you know what I mean? And it kind of puts us into, into like a, a box. And I, I just don't want to be, I don't know, I just don't want to be framed like that. Do you know what I mean? So I always think like, it's just like, oh, when you get called empress, like, oh God, like, Seriously, it's just dripping in misogyny to me. <laughs> to be honest, like I know what. Go yes, on, I, no, I was going to agree with you because uh, when I'm thinking about being called a queen, I actually wasn't thinking about a man calling me queen. I'm like, I'd say to you, like, oh, we're, we're like, so I understand the context that you said it. Yeah, definitely, yeah. you're right. It could be I'm not that. You're trying to put me into this pigeonhole when I'm not. I'm not that. And yeah. also, as well, like. It's not how monarchy works. There's one queen in one area. Not everyone like it doesn't work. It's not true. It's not logical. I can't. My brain can't. We're not all queens. I'm sorry. There's different people with different positions in life, and that's okay. We don't all have to be rulers and leaders. It's just not. It's just not. I, I just don't. I can't. I just can't. Like why can't we do? Be okay. <laughs> why can't they just be okay? Just being themselves. Like it's this whole. Um, this, this false, and also as well, there is like this underlying, um, and I'm not saying that, um, I don't have a negative protection on myself or black people or anything like that at all kind of thing, but I really am kind of more for equality, not superiority in any kind of sense. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like this kind of pushes that kind of like, but we're the rich, we're the smarter, we're this, we're this, we're just oppressed. Okay, yes, we are oppressed, but other people are oppressed too. Do you know what I mean? And we should all be equal. We should all be out of this oppression. Do you know what I mean? So I just think it's it's also that I think it kind of like flitters into that um, area where like people get offended if like white women are called queen and stuff like that kind of thing. They get offended by that. I'm just like, why? Do you know what I mean? Like, and it, it shouldn't really offend you. Um, but yeah, those are my probably non popular thoughts to hear more about that last comment go on online and find one of our earlier episodes yeah i would say auntie. maybe episode four or five <laughs> auntie nana what was the question again <laughs> do well, number one do you find it offensive or patronizing when you're called queen and and, and likewise calling black men king is it and then do should we rebrand to be calling ourselves that as a in as a greeting instead of um he was saying bro sis, and I don't have a problem with bro sis, but also like obviously the N-word. Um in well nigga, how we say it, not the ER version. And also the the stifling of male voices by independent feminist black women. 
Is okay. it Okay. All right. I think um, wherever that was the one that I couldn't remember, the whole thing about um, how the rooms have been working. I've definitely seen throughout like kind of debating spaces online, whenever black women kind of show up for themselves and don't just back up a man, it's always seen as you guys are just strong and independent and da, 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 and you and you're hating men. And it really is generally just we can actually articulate ourselves to say when you're chatting shit. And before we had these spaces on the internet, you guys were chatting amongst yourselves in the barbershop. And so there was nobody to counter that narrative that you were spouting amongst each other. So now you're in spaces where you actually have more women interacting with you and talking. A lot of women are like, men chat a lot of shit. And so they, they, they point that out. And the counter to that, is usually terms that in that moment are a bit of a know your role type of term. So even when you're saying queen or empress, depending on how you're saying it, it's almost like saying, all right, love, all right, darling, but you've chosen to use these kind of terms that you would think, no, I'm, I'm giving you respect. Nobody's stupid. We can hear your tone because it's on Clubhouse. And then there's another thing on the other side that I really don't like. Some rooms are run where it's like if a woman interjects, then the man's like, oh, everyone be quiet. There was a woman talking. And it's like, can we just have some equality in this space? Like, I don't need to be treated like a fr fragile flower. Like, oh, I heard a little woman's voice. And so everybody must be quiet. It's like, it, that doesn't need to happen either. There's lots of just... I think while you're in these rooms, you start to realise how we have a lot of work to do to understand each other and be able to communicate effectively with respect without us adding on our kind of like um, sexist ways and views. But I don't think there's a population of black independent feminists taking over Clubhouse. He probably is in a pack of people that chat shit. And he's found himself in rooms where women are like, we don't want to listen to your shit. And they've been calling them out on it. Like when we had that guy Dante in our room, it's like in his own echo chamber, he's probably seen as really smart. But then when you're amongst other people, it's like, you're just chatting shit, dude. Like, and he probably went away and was like, I was in the room with these uh, black feminists. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't mind being called queen when I know that it's from a place of respect. Uh, I do think that people can be queens of anything, even if you're queen of the Sainsbury's Isle and you work with <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Why just do you have to be of... that, though? Um, I, I think... I think what it, is that about? It's like your connection to your higher self. So I don't see queen like Queen Elizabeth. I don't see it like that throne state. When I use the word queen, I really am thinking of my highest purpose self. Yes. Like actually, like, living up to the ideal that I put for myself. Not against anybody else. This is me against me. Mm. When I'm in my right mind in everything, that's me stepping into my queendom. So I think most of that's how I see queen. So I don't mind when somebody calls me queen. It realigns me with my purpose of trying to be the best me at all times. But I know when somebody's saying it, like, because I'm just wearing a headscarf. Or when yeah. I'm walking down the street and they're like, yeah, hey, Empress. But when I have my braids or I have my hair out, it's a different type of, it's, it's cis 
then it's like it's so I get yeah. that there are cultural connotations when people say it which um it doesn't always live up to like I'm not um gonna be in natural kind of woven weaving cloth and and all of that like it's I, I get this stereotype that goes yeah. along with those terms as well. Um, but I don't associate that for myself when I think of the words. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think similar because um, I hadn't thought about it when Shade presented it. I was like, oh, okay. I get, I would get why it's, it doesn't sit well. But when I think of Queen, I think of exactly how Auntie Anna said it. And it's the Queen and stepping into Queen is just owning what you are and who you are. And so maybe it's like a black version of queen in my head rather than the actual literal um, Collins dictionary version of what a queen actually is, a ruler. I don't separate myself. I feel like we're all queens but in that. Respect. But um, go on. No, but like, they're not saying that though. That's but that's what I'm saying. So that's why, I, but, but I, do you know what? I hadn't thought about them saying that, applying, I had, I, I remixed it and interpreted it the black way, whatever that, for whatever that means. And the black way is how, is that queendom, empress, all that type of stuff. That's where my brain went to the black version of Queen, not the Queen Elizabeth ruler monarchy. And I know, so that's why even when a man's saying it to me, I'm taking it the black way. But also the deliverer, because I think I said to my friend that, you know why sometimes, because you know where it's coming from. So when, as I think you've all said it in different ways, when a man is not genuine, if you're going to call me queen, but treat black women very unqueenly, what's the point? Don't call me, you're wasting your time. And I also don't want, one, I don't like performing for white people anyway. Let us be who we are, who we are. I don't like the N-word. That one I'd remove. But anything else, let us call ourselves what we want to call ourselves. Um, I don't think we need to impress ourselves. But also, it's very undermining then. If we're going to be talking about kings and queens, putting the royalty stamp on us, but yet we're treating each other like serfs and waifs and peasants, it's a contradiction. It doesn't make any sense. It's, like it's just it's nonsense to me. And this whole thing about, I think you've all um, said it, so I can't really, you know, we're running out of time as well. So... Yeah, I don't think women are dominating. I think we're finding our voice, finding our feet, and we're not standing for nonsense, and men like to challenge that. I do think men, but it's for men to have this conversation amongst themselves. Where is their position? Because yes, we now, we can build things from Ikea, we go to work, we can raise our kids, we can communicate, we're not dumb, we're educated, we're doing all these things that the patriarchy has said that women can't do, don't know how to do, um, and we're, we're proving that we can do. So now you guys need to huddle up, have a little conversation amongst yourselves because there is real things that are happening because men are feeling insecure and it does affect women who date men or raising boys and stuff like that. It does affect us. So we do, we can't turn a total blind eye to it, but men, you need to communicate with each other, really think about what, what does it mean to be a man now? And it's not our fault if we're not having it. It's not our fault. You not need to work it out because you created this. If you're talking about we're these feminist mad women, then you created the beast, to be honest. You oppressed us for so long, we're talking back now. So. Yeah, that's it. We can. I think it's another topic. We can talk about this another time. Um, let's get the comments and move on. Was on mute. Um, okay, so uh, uh, a queer says, "Sorry, Auntie Shade, I disagree totally with you. Everything you said is your perception. I call a sister." a queen because you are special every woman is a queen it's not about being a ruler it's condescend it's it's something your specialness i think oh it's recognizing your specialness candy says there are definitely certain men who use queen in a misogynistic way like men who say females um at the other end of the scale. It's not what they say, it's how they say it. We for sure know the difference. Candy also says, these are the guys who always come for ZZ. 
Wow. Uh, queer says, so true, Auntie AK. Men need to talk to themselves and each other. And all that. Clarify, sorry, I wasn't talking about women calling women queen. I'm talking about men calling women queen. And on that note, let's find out, or please, ladies, tell me what's made you sad, mad, and glad this week. Auntie Nana. Um, sad. You know, um, I, I was, I was sad, honestly, at parts of the, of the, um, the Meghan and Harry thing. I, I was, I was sad at, um, I felt her sorrow at points and just, especially for Harry, actually, I felt like the breakdown of his relationship with his father and his brother, I found that quite sad, like feeling unsupported by your family must be really hard. Uh, mad. What's made me mad? Mad has actually been people really trying to defend and say that they liked coming to America because I feel like they've just been saying it to offer a, a different opinion. Like, yeah, it's just been pissing me off because I don't believe them for a second. None of them had any quotable lines or any scenes that they particularly liked. They just said it was funny and it's like, you're a liar. Um, glad. I'm glad that we are, um, the children are back at school. I'm really glad about that. Auntie Shade. Um, so sad and mad at the, uh, well, I think this is an ongoing state, but just at the British public that they refuse to um, deal with racism. It's their issue. They need to deal with it. And, um, you know, it's just another week of just highlighting that they still need to deal with this. Um, kind of thing. Uh, and then I'm glad because Everyday Friday's launched a new collection with Kelechi Okoko called Spiritually Uncurred. You can see I'm modeling today. <laughs> we had our live yesterday and it went really, really well. We had uh, Rich Ray host it and it was a really great conversation and stuff. So, yeah, we are with this Kelechi's proceeds go to uh, a charity called Sister Space, which helps. Um, black women and children who um, are victims of domestic violence and sexual abuse. And it's really great. Brilliant. Yeah, it is. I want Spiritually on crud. Wicked. Excellent. <laughs> Phenomenal. Auntie Farah. I am, I have the second Auntie Shade. So my mad and, uh, and sad is, um, the response, to, the negative response to Meghan and Harry's interview. I struggle to understand how people can watch that and not have any empathy for her and just come out and still have all of this negativity. The woman suffered a miscarriage. The woman had mental health problems. The woman, you know, had suicidal thoughts and yet people have come out so negatively about it. So that's made me mad and sad and the state, as you say, about um, how far Britain has to come in taking responsibility for the race. And, you know, the UK is not innocent. How many times do we say that? 
why is it Great Britain? Let's not forget where that came from. Um, and I like Auntie, I'm just stealing everyone's, I like Auntie Nana, I'm extremely happy that the kids went back to school. I was more excited than my daughter. I couldn't sleep in anticipation for her going back to school. She said it was the best day of her life. I think it was the best day of mine. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I was really, really happy. I did a dance in my car once I dropped her off. It was fantastic. So yeah, thanks to the schools being open. Um, I just saw some great news. So when we get to the comments, I'm excited for that. That's why I did the shock face earlier on. Um, but I'm sad about the whole Megan situation. I'm sad for all the people who are who've had the rude awakening. Because I mean, we've been woke for time. And yes, I will use the phrase woke. We've been woke for time. For those of you who've been been woken from watching this interview, big hugs, boy. Um, but I'm also sad uh, because. Uh, my time of the month tried to kill me this month. Um, I'm mad. <laughs> Thank you, Auntie Shadow, for your eyes. Um, I'm mad. Sorry, I've lost my mad. I'm also mad um, at, with, uh, with Auntie Nana. Everyone that pretended that they liked coming to America too. You, 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 I just don't believe you. And I'm mad that all of you saying you low. I'm mad at the people that lowered their expectations so they enjoyed it. I, it's just, you're, you're, you are mad. I'm mad at your madness. You're mad. And then I'm glad that i don't know i just had them all here i forgot i'm also i'm very very glad that i've just discovered ghanaian drill it's it's problematic <laughs> there's things to talk about um i went down i mean it's good in it though it's just bad, it's <laughs> bad. and um i'm annoyed because there's so much things politically culturally traditionally that like just but bad love it so anyway yes ghanaian drill find it get your life and that's it. Let's um, get whatever comments are there. You're late, by the way. But yeah. Yeah, I might be late, but I'm an auntie. I'm allowed to be. <laughs> okay. Um, right, we have Sistrin says, just a big glad this week. Ghana dealt with BA and forced them to revert back to flying from Accra into Heathrow. Yeah. Um, uh, a queer says, wonderful. Well done, Auntie Shade." Uh, Sistrin says they threatened to divert all BA flights to a non-international airport in Kumasi if BA insisted on flying all flights out of Gatwick. So from the 28th of March, we are back to Heathrow. Ghana won, BA nil. Um, Ronald says, I'm sad there is a lot of effort in America being put forward towards um, minority rule. And um, Auntie AK, Auntie Nana, please share the links for Ghanaian Drill, please. We, we should actually do a post on our on our page. <laughs> what does my minority rule mean? It's the people in power. They're, they're the minority. They're the minority. So the, the yeah, put towards minority rule. So I think it's Ronald. Please explain. Oh, but in general, yeah. I mm. thought you were, uh, okay, cool. I'll try and remember to put some links in. I was trying to Google what we have to wrap up the show. But thank you guys for watching. Thank you. I was just going to say, I wish all the Grenadians would get together and say to BA, can you please fly from Heathrow again? There's yeah. enough of us. Let's do it, man. I mean, is there anyone from South that's like, oh, no, we had it and then we lost it? Because yeah, I'm... You know, yeah. Because my I'm, best I'm... friend lives next to the airport and he loves it. And when he has to go to Heathrow, he's vexed. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, oh, we've had another one come in. Um, sad and mad for this entire country. Glad that the POC of all our hues are talking and working together to make changes, more Ofcom and petitions. Ah, oh, Claudia is a Canadian. Welcome, Claudia. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so yes, that's um, it. Hey, Ronald's got you. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. So Ronald clarified that whites will soon be the minority of the population in America. But he's yeah. also saying that like, he's annoyed, he's mad that it's leaning, they're still going to be in power no matter what. That they're, they're fighting to basically, yeah, but isn't that um, exactly. one of their things that's like in them? Yeah. Anyway, so thank you guys. Um, that was your answer could never, episode 52. 52, you know. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank for watching us live as we do every Tuesday, 5 p.m. over YouTube and Facebook. And as usual, the audio version, the podcast will go out on a Saturday um, or late night Friday. Um, and also we do have some special, special news to celebrate our anniversary that's coming up. We will be having a live show, a live special show where we will be socially distanced in the same room coming together, bringing you the aunties could never show for the first time in the same room, you know, socially distanced, in the same room. Protocols will be followed. Protocols will be followed. Avanti Fire will have us down lock and mm -hmm. uh, celebrate our one year anniversary. And, you know, be good and be lovely and probably a few tears and emotions like we've done it, we made it. But thank you guys, because we wouldn't have got there without you. Um, please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe, and tell your friends, tell your friends to follow the aunties, because we're damn funny, we're damn educated, and we're very, very good at giving advice that you must take, but also don't take, with a pinch of salt. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Uh...